My name is Ross Marquand. I play Aaron on The Walking Dead, and you're watching the Below the Belt Show. Yes! Below the Belt Show. Yes! The Below the Belt Show. Yes! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Good. <laughs> The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> pleasure and have we uh, assembled quite the panel today guys let's go ahead and introduce let's just go get, get right into it starting with she's affectionately known as your grace miss lst she's also stolen all the nurses catchphrases mother of dragons queen of the unburnt break of their chains the queen of the andos the list goes on and on she is your grace morgan fabulous Hello, everyone. So good to be here. You may call me your grace. <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> good to have you back, your grace. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, it has. It has. <laughs> all right. We'd like to welcome the man behind all the major productions um, here in the DMV and beyond. He's also a cosplayer extraordinaire. And uh, he's a podcaster extraordinaire with his own other podcasts, uh, and we love having him here on this podcast, Blow the Belt Show. He is Jesse Fresco, a.k.a. Hardcore Bloodshot. I'm back again. You just can't get rid of me. Yes, we wanted to, get, we wanted to have you back. So, uh, <laughs> Jess, uh, thanks for coming back here on Below the Belt Show. Um, from Film Rescue, you might um heard of Split the Difference, and many more, right, Jess? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got... What else do we have? Uh, to Whatever's Way Up, which has replaced Palette Cleanser. Um, we have another show in development right now. Um, I think we got other stuff as well on the way. It's, like, it's We're kind of, it, we're nearing the end of our season, so we're about to go yes. uh, into off season. We're going to probably plan out some other productions. And BTP needs an off season, man. I, I think they'll only take <laughs> a few weeks in the, the Christmas holiday. Uh, oh, yeah, we take, we take like two, three months off. Just like, we, we just can't. <laughs> We just can't do too many bad movies in a row. Like we, right. our our season finale is Transformers three. Okay, well there you we go. We wanted to kill each other watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were all having brain aneurysms. We're just like, is this over yet? Yeah, oh, yeah, God. You, yeah. Certainly with that one for sure. Um, <laughs> the production of that movie is more interesting than the movie itself. Uh, oh well. Oh wait, saying saying speaking from experience. No, just like the production of it, like, you know, cars getting wrecked. There was a, oh, okay. a massive lawsuit. <laughs> Somebody almost got killed on set, filed a $12 million lawsuit and won against the production company. 
Yeah, you know, major it's, brain injury from yeah. lightning or something like that. Yeah, it was some kind of stunt went wrong, and the production of that movie is more interesting than the film itself. The film itself is bland and boring. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Just a lot of smoke and mirrors too. With it's the a lot of noise is what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. And let's go ahead and introduce guys. He is a fellow <laughs> journalist host extraordinaire from the Rogers Review. He is Dean on the scene Rogers back on BTB. Well, it feels great to be back. And I actually have I actually since you mentioned the um theme of the show and the guest, I had to pull out a relic from my past. Yes. And this is the relic. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love it. Stuff like that. This was the actual tag that I was a yes. contestant on another game show, not Jeopardy. Well, there awesome. you go. Well, I, I, I would have done something a little bit different. Is that the Price is Right? No! Different tag. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> can, can you no, allude to which... Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Yes, Wheel uh, of Fortune. Oh, awesome. Nice. Spin that, that was, wheel, man. That was what my grandmother and I used to watch whenever I would be over at her house and she would babysit me as a kid. We'd watch Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and The Price is Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I thought it would be fun because we'll be doing... For the 2022 season, we've been incorporating a weekly topic just to get to know uh, our hosts and our, our guest co-hosts a little better. And I thought, well, favorite game show, there's only so many really great ones out there. So I wanted to expand it. Uh, the special theme for um, topic for the week would be your favorite game in general as a kid and as an adult. If we can avoid video games, that'd be great. I'd like to stick yeah. to cards, um, board games. Or even games like charades that don't involve anything like that. So um, I'd like to go around the rooms. Dean Rogers, since you're the game expert, <laughs> what's your favorite childhood game and your favorite game to play as an adult and why? Okay, well, let's see. My favorite, I have to admit, it had to do with the game shows. My favorite games were game show board games as a kid because every time I go to on a family vacation, I'm always bringing the board games. So <laughs> my favorite games to game, I mean, to bring were Wheel of Fortune, were Jeopardy. But the saddest part was I was always hosting them. No one wanted to play against me because I was one of the smart kids in my family. So <laughs> it's like all that knowledge and Bracking all that training came in handing there on in life a few times, which I have to say. Well, as an adult, sticking with the trivia theme, Trivial Pursuit is one of my all-time favorite games. In fact, I have at least a dozen different Trivial Pursuit board games. And another game growing up was Seen It because it was this old um, game from Mattel, which you pop in a DVD. It was one of the best yeah. DVD games uh, out yes. there. <laughs> I and remember that. So many mm. versions. They had the Star Trek version, yes. Harry Potter version, a movie version. And I had at least 10 of those. So it was Seen It, Trivial Pursuit, and the game show board games. Those are great answers, Dean. Wow. Thank like you. that. Like that. All right, let's go to Your Grace. The, the break of change. Uh, I mean, I guess when I was younger, I feel like I really liked Monopoly, even though now when I think about it, that game is stressful as hell. Because um, <laughs> we're living that right now. <laughs> yeah, but I remember really enjoying that, like, with my family. Um, but currently, I would say I have a really good time playing heads up with people. 
Um, especially when you're in having some adult beverages, like that game can be hysterical. So I, that's, that's my answer for, for current games. I love it. Very, very good. And yes, of course, alcohol can be considered. Uh, yeah. Favorite adult games, <laughs> unless you played such a game as a kid, but, uh, right. No. <laughs> Hardcore bloodshot. Uh, as a kid, probably Battleship. I don't know. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Um, just that, uh, it is kind of just like a, you know, just a guessing game the entire time, you know, but, um, that was always fun when I was a kid. Um, and as an adult, uh, because I'm a horrible person, uh, cards (laughs) against humanity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hysterical. (laughs) I mean, it has my favorite card of all time, and they're jerking off into a pool of children's tears. So <laughs> that's my favorite card of all time. Some of those are so ridiculous. Oh, man, there's so many good card games like that. The expansion packs yeah. are even filthier. They're even more like, wow, that's dark. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's, a, that's always fun yeah. when you're just drunk with your friends and you just want to hang out like it's not even really a game it's just it's let's just right. laugh the points who cares nobody keeps track of the points i love it nobody right. cares you play until you're drunk enough that you can't right. play anymore so yeah. i thought it would be fun to um mention a childhood game that i recently revisited as an adult but added a drinking aspect to it so as a child i loved uno it was just yeah. a fun, nice. very simple yeah, game. That was always fun. In fact, I, I actually play, <laughs> I actually played with my six-year-old nephew. And he actually beat me a few times, <laughs> which is very oh. crazy to say. <laughs> but um, a little fun reverse, a uh, little, just a little. Uh, you, you can really involve alcohol with any with any game, but uh, anytime you uh, um, get a pick two or pick four, you have to take a drink. Um, um, you could play it crazily um, with just, you know, two seconds or four seconds for pick two, pick four. Mm. Or if you even want to get more crazy. Pick n- that number of shots. Shots. Per... Two oh, shots. No. no. Four, four <laughs> You're not getting shots. past the first round on that one, dude. <laughs> You'd be completely fucked. <laughs> and one time during the pandemic, I actually watched um, a game I played by myself. What the fuck? We're all at the drinking games, right? I wanted mm. to take a sip of bourbon every time. Ruth from Ozark dropped the F-bomb. And um, <laughs> I was completely... Did you go into the hospital? I know. It was really... But at time, 20 F-bombs have, uh, you know... Um, Damn. Dropped. I started, like, taking little tiny babies, literally just tipping the tip of my tongue into that cup. And I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Yeah. Whatever. Luckily, it wasn't every F-bomb from other characters, just Ruth. Because, yes, I probably would have been in the hospital if it was other character. But Ruth is the queen of mm-hmm. F-bombs. She's amazing. Um, and I think I have a news bit on her uh, that we'll be uh, talking about a little later. But mm-hmm. this is fun, guys. Uh, this is a really, uh, really cool. Uh... And who's ever played Truth or Dare as a kid or an adult? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> barely, barely. Barely, okay. <laughs> I don't really remember what we, okay. what we said. but Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the ones we did as a kid, uh, as a... Yeah. As a, uh, a middle schooler that has uh, mm-hmm. started, uh, you know, learning very, very bad things. <laughs> right. Uh, let's just put it that way. So, and it was, yeah, that's the top of the week. You like that new thing on BTB? We're doing that every week. I do. Fun I thing. Like yeah. That. We've been incorporating fun. that, a new for 2022. And of course, 
new for 2022 is a new format how we present um the entertainment news um to streamline it streamline it make it a little more efficient is to do a top 20 so before we get into that i'd like to talk to dean rogers about an upcoming con mm-hmm. that's a plug because i was gracious enough to receive some press passes as was this gentleman in the room, Mr. Dean, uh, but you've been a the, the the con is actually very new to me. I'm not very familiar with it, but Dean, you've been a a fixture of this con for quite some time, and it's called is that yeah Farpoint Con. So if you could talk to us a little bit about Farpoint, what can we expect, and and all that good stuff. Sure, um, Farpoint Convention is happening this weekend at the Delta Hotels Hunt Valley Inn, which has been the staple for them for a number of years. In fact, this is their 29th year. Holy smokes! It's been around since 1993, and even though um, the pandemic hit um, in 2020, in fact, it was one of the last cons I attended before the pandemic hit. They actually had a virtual con this past year and they're back in session baby we can't wait and the stars that are going to be there are macy richardson sellers yes. from the legends of tomorrow she's going to be there the second guest has been a bit of a hassle because originally it was um sean gunn and sprint spiner yes because COVID 19 had um pushed back their production schedules they had to cancel then it was Wilson Cruz, but his handlers forgot that he's doing Cruise Trek, which is also happening this weekend. Okay. So he had to cancel, and right. now he's going to be in 2023, hopefully. And then it became Scott Grimes, Scott Grimes. from Fortville. <laughs> and then up funny. until Monday, oh. schedule, he had to cancel. Oh, this is heartbreaking. However, that there's a replacement. It's very heartbreaking. There's a but replacement now, for. Yep, so now they have Sam Witwer, who played Darth Maul in the Star Wars animated series. He's been in several series, um, Supergirl recently, so he's now the guest. And fingers crossed, double fingers crossed, he will not cancel in the next couple days. <laughs> oh my god, let's, let's, please, let, let, we, we right. don't need any more cancellations. I'm, I'm glad exactly. Maisie has been um, confirmed since, since day one. Which yes, is great. Indeed. Um, very easy on the eyes. Wow, she is quite the beauty. Um, yes. as you and can also, see her, uh, Star tomorrow. Wars. We also have um Timothy Son, who created General Thrawn in the Star Wars novel series. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be there. He hasn't canceled yet, thank goodness. But yeah, um, speaking of since you mentioned, I've been a staple. Yes, I have actually been to the convention since 1999, and then this was back when Farpoint was in October. Mm-hmm. Instead of February, they moved it to February, I believe, around 2000, the mid 2000s, if I remember correctly. But okay. since I've been <clears throat> all the far point, I was a star escort. I did security for them. And then until wow. 2008, I have actually, speaking of the theme, hosted game shows. So I hosted Sci-Fi Jeopardy. I've hosted Sci-Fi Squares, Hollywood Squares. I've hosted Blockbusters. Wow. But at Sunday at... Sunday at 11 a.m., I'm hosting a brand new show, which I'm not going to say what it is. It's going to be a surprise. So for those okay. who come to Farpoint, we'll get to see that surprise, and it's a debut of a brand new game show. Oh, and cool. speaking of debuts, um, they're actually, which one <clears throat> of the debuts I'll be posting later today is by Demanda Martini, who is the Sean Truce of Southern Maryland, which Farpoint, they're having their first drag show. Which oh, is wow. okay. Farpoint and Beyond, and they're featuring 
Demanda, and a few more drag queens. And that's going to be at Sunday at 4 p.m. And there's a lot of things to do at Four Point for those who have never been to a convention. There are different panels. There's game shows. In fact, another game show that's being hosted is Let's Make a Deal. We got the stars. We have um, Farragut Ford that's coming. We have Dark Operations, which is another fan film that is coming. So if you're always looking for a convention to start off, I always recommend a small one. I always recommend Farpoint because it was a launching pad for me for over the years. And I highly recommend anyone who has the time and want to come up to Baltimore to escape the crazy COVID-19 life we're living in. <laughs> yes, of course. Farpointcon.com, the official website. Yes, mm-hmm. Maisie Richardson Sellers, Timothy Zahn, and Sam Whitmer, uh, the celebrity guest, and Dean Rogers. Yep, and me. <laughs> yeah, and he, and Al Soto will be making an appearance on Saturday. Exactly, that's right. Uh, I would have loved to make it Sunday, but I got called on set uh, for a CarMax commercial, so, Ooh, you know. You yeah, awesome. so I uh, got to do the best of both worlds. So, yeah. All right, that's awesome to hear. Um, and, of course, uh, before we get into Hollywood, Morgan Fab, a plug for Hollywood Smash. You're working with our boys in Smash <clears throat> Entertainment. Chad Morton, which you can check on YouTube on Smash Entertainment's official uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, we've got um, another plug coming uh, next week. Um, there were some recording difficulties, but yeah, we're we're trying to get that rolling every Tuesday. So right. stick around, stay tuned for that, and yeah, definitely check out the website. Yeah, you've been doing awesome with that, Morgan. Fab. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of it's fun, right? Stuff. Yeah. Yes. Well, we knew you first. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're on BTV. You <laughs> right, knew well, me first. Let's go on with everything going on in the world of <clears throat> entertainment. Top 20 style. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's hey. bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, Benji and Joel, good good Charlotte. Waldorf, Maryland's own. Yeah. <laughs> Waldorf or the, I thought they were La Plata. Yeah, it's, all, it's all right around the same <laughs> like area. It's the same town. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's <all> fine. <laughs> so box office is on every week, so that doesn't go into the top 20. But can you believe Uncharted is the number one movie? So Tom Holland is basically your box office darling. As you know, uh, yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home was at the top of the box office forever, only to be like knocked off by Jackass for just one week, and then it like went back, and Scream like knocked it off, and then it went back, and then finally, <laughs> uh, Tom Holland is back at the to- uh, top now um, in another movie called Uncharted, which I have not seen yet. Um, but if anyone's seen it and can comment on the film, please do. But um, a friend of mine saw it. They said it's very bland. <laughs> Bland. Yeah. Oh, Maybe, wow. Remember that Tomb Raider movie from 2018? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Well, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I just, I just, it, it's, it's. I got. The reason they cast Tom Holland was because he was still under contract with Sony, not because he was the best person uh, for the role. Now it makes sense. Yeah. So he he had another he had another picture in his deal. So it's like, well, he's already available. Why sign right. another person? Like, just screw it. Like, yeah, but he's not right. He's not Nathan Drake. Right. So this is a video game adaptation. They say it's very Indiana Jones esque. Well, that was the inspiration. It. Right. Yeah. It's just modern right. Indiana Jones. Like, modern how do you screw Jones. that up? Is right. how do you screw this up? 
know. Well, according to your friend, <laughs> however, according to the box office. <laughs> it sits at a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. Okay, well, wow. that, that, that does make yeah, sense. It's not, yeah, it's not good. Uh, yes. I think um, that's about where the Tomb Raider movie sits as well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Makes um, sense. Although it got a, a B plus cinema score grade. Isn't that, well, isn't that like fan reviews, like audience review? No, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure audiences loved it because it's just like, oh, it's Tom Holland. Uh, Good to see him. Just right. Like, right. I that doesn't do anything for me. And you know the movies that do well are the ones that are that make over their budget opening weekend, and that's the dog yeah. movie with Channing Tatum. Fifteen point one million. Which is pretty much their their uh, their budget. Um, the production budget? Yeah, they already made they already made their money back uh, from the weekend. Uh-huh. So yeah, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. good looking good looking man, a dog. <laughs> that, that was the marketing. It's like, well, it's a good looking guy. People, the women dog. are okay. lining up. Yeah. Everyone's gonna line. Yeah, it's fine. People are gonna line up. The gays, you know, they're gonna line yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, if you like Channing Tatum, why not? Right. And like, dogs. And dogs. You got a, a furry mm-hmm. friends, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tom Holland, the number three movie, Spider-Man: No Way Home, <laughs> with just under seven point seven million. Um, cray, cray. Um, number four, Death on the Nile. Kenneth Branagh's follow-up to the Murder on the Orient Express. That was doomed from the beginning. It was bad. Oh. Well, ar- the Army Hammer stuff. Yeah, with the <laughs> Army Hammer uh, getting so... canceled. I yeah. still like him, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, he'll still eat you. <laughs> well, Barkin might Who's like that. Who's hungry? No. <laughs> God. Cut that, that out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Wait. I actually waited to a point. It was Army Hammer's like, uh, they could have cast a better actor. What can you do? But I like the musical score. I like Ken Branagh's acting as um, Harry Potter. Okay. My sweetheart has been helping me engage in more Hair Cooper role over the weekend because I watched an old film with Peter Ustinov as the role and then David Suchet as the role. Okay. And it's like, okay, between David and Peter, they got it. Kind of good, but not quite as David's. David's yeah, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> I loved a... the other, the first one, the uh, Murder on the Orient, on the Orient Express. Express. Yeah, that's so Love fair. that. And you notice they pretty much cut army out of the trailer as much as they could and um but you know he's still a pivotal part of the movie Mm -hmm. and the fifth movie uh is jackass forever um which was the uh, number one movie at one point so there you go i love jackass forever that was a lot of fun yeah i mean it's my favorite it's my favorite of all of them so so far it's a favorite the jackasses however it's like one of those movies like you know you go to the theater for like the big blockbusters yeah. like the crazy special effects and all that good stuff our superhero films our sci-fi films i'm basically watching a reality show on the big screen <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh i think that one can wait for for me just for me personally i i, I there there's a certain the opening sequence of a movie works best in a theater oh really okay mm. it just no. Take it from me. It, it, I will take be, it from you. You will laugh your ass off. It works best in a theater. All right. Very cool. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so starting with number one um, um, on the news bits here, um, can you believe Foo Fighters uh, has a horror movie mm. uh, called Studio Six Six Six? Is it like so a demon have... possesses Dave Grohl or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Okay. Yep. Yep. If you ever wanted to hang out with the Foo Fighters and get killed by them, there's only one game in town. That's Studio 666. It's a goofy horror comedy. Um, 
and um, basically, you know, they, they're definitely one of the most popular bands uh, out yeah. there. And I think it's uh, very interesting to, to, to have that, you know, rock and roll meets horror, you know, I mean, that's basically Rob Zombie, but, <laughs> but, right. uh, but seeing this film and, and seeing, yeah, seeing your favorite artists, some of your favorite artists, if you're a big food fan um, on the big screen in an acting gig. So uh, check that out. Um, if you're a fan of the Minions, the Spickle Me, um, that is in production. They're uh, already set their uh, release date for July 3rd, 2020. Another one? Yes, this is Despicable Me 4. Oh, yeah, there's a I didn't lot. even know they did a third. I know, they're yeah. Actually, they're yeah, actually they did a few years good. ago. Oh, they're pretty good. I you thought they were funny. Them? Yeah, I, I thought they a, were funny. You have a soft spot for animated films, don't you? I do. That? I really yeah. do, yes. I'm a yeah. child. <laughs> <laughs> same here, same here. <laughs> So I thought course, they were pretty funny, but yeah. Yeah, Stephen Carell, Kristen Wiig, yeah. uh, Pierre Coffin, Miranda Cosgrove, Steve Coogan for the next chapter of the animated family-friendly series about a reformed supervillain as Army of Minions. So that's number two on the list. All right, number three, got some Marvel casting news with Craven the Hunter. Um, this is under the Sony-verse, I guess, of Marvel, yeah. where Aaron Taylor Johnson will be playing Craven. But they just added Fred Heckinger, who's best known for his roles in White Lotus, and Ooh, Pam and Tommy. Right. Wasn't he Quicksilver? Cast. Fred Heckinger? No, Aaron Taylor Aaron Johnson. Taylor Johnson was Quicksilver in the MCU. Oh, um, okay. So, okay. Yes. So that's, oh, that's I, I, I had a gripe a while <laughs> ago about this, and I talked about this on the show before, but if you ever want to do a crossover, it just kills the moment. <laughs> When you cast the same actor in two different roles, Michelle Yao plays two different characters in the MCU. I, that, I have a problem with that as well. Yeah, and I, also I, you I, have Mahershala Ali. He plays. He's he's supposed to be Blade now. Luke he's, Cage. He was in right. uh, Luke Cage. So it's like I yeah. know, but like it's like the, now they're saying that Daredevil is now crossing over because they're bringing in. Uh, remind me of the actor that plays Daredevil. Uh, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox yeah, now Cox, to the. Yeah. Yeah, into the MCU, and that would make that series canon into the MCU. So, yeah. I think if if they ever want to do crossovers, bring everybody together, just put another actor in there. Why why, why double dip? You know, that's well, just I, my I, opinion. I, I don't know. Well, the the Netflix, the Marvel Netflix shows are disappearing from Netflix uh, beginning of March. Okay. They're being pulled oh, off. Wow. And I, I they are not going to be put on Disney Plus in America. Uh, they're putting oh. it on Disney Plus in Canada. But yeah. not in America. Well, um, I'm taking a wild guess here and just saying that they're going to just pick the best ones that they want and expand on those. And the stuff that didn't work, like Iron Fist, forget it ever happened. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But why would they want to put it on? Uh, why wouldn't they want to put it on Disney Plus? Disney's for kids. Uh, yeah. Well, like I guess saying that Disney's got to make their adult line. Like where you have yeah. all, access to all the Fox right. stuff. Like Alien yeah. and all that stuff. Like, put it somewhere. You can't keep just dumping it in a vault somewhere and yeah. never putting it in. Well, I mean, isn't Hulu under the, the Disney umbrella as well? Yes, it is. But, okay, so that's but it's not logical like, But at the same time, they're not going to put, like, those Marvel Netflix shows on Hulu because it was originally intended right. for Netflix. Right. So, yeah. 
they need a streaming home. Otherwise, people are going to be doing yeah. old school buying DVDs if they want to watch. Them. I mean, I still that, that's the reason I still buy media because it, the, then situations uh, like this happen. Where right? It's like, oh, I can't find this show or movie anywhere. Oh yeah. So, well, if you had Blu-ray, you wouldn't have that problem. Yeah. Exactly. You know, buying physical yep. media is still important. Yep, and that's the thing with these uh, Screen Actors Guild awards coming up. I always request for the physical. Copies yeah. because they'll send – if you opt out of it, you'll get links that expire and you won't be able to see the movies anymore. So hey. I get the DVDs. You can keep the DVDs, watch them, you know, forever. So, All right, number four on the list is uh, Casting News on Blade, as you mentioned, Jesse, Blade. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron Pierre has joined the cast for the upcoming Marshall Ali film. Uh, Pierre's character mm. um, info not available at this time. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Blade film. I think it would be really awesome. I'm not familiar with Aaron Pierre's work, um, but, um, he did some, uh, work on the Underground Railroad, the critically acclaimed miniseries, and, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's horror film, Old. So, um. Never saw it. <laughs> so we'll just have to wait and see what yeah. that entails. Mm-hmm. All right, so I was kind of skeptical about this casting choice for number five on the list. So Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic and Weird, <laughs> I love Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Sorry, I saw that. I it. just, it's they... going to be an acquired taste for me. <laughs> they just a, I'm going to have to see. I'm going to have to right. see this. He's, he's a very good actor. I, I actually quite mm-hmm. like yeah. him. He is. He's one of the. He and Emma Watson have escaped the Harry Potterness. They have escaped. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else is kind of stuck back there. You're right. Poor well, Ron. If you watch um, oh, Servant on Apple TV. But um, but uh, I saw the first look image of, of you know, of How's Daniel Radcliffe. And it looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know if you're all able to see this, but uh, are you able to see that? But uh, Kind of, yeah. You know, Daniel's on the shorter side. You know, Weird Al's a little on the tall and lankier side. Right. So I'm curious how mm-hmm. that's going to work. But um, I mean, do you, can you tell that Tom Cruise is only five seven in those Mission Impossible movies? <laughs> I guess that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Weird Al's always been a favorite, man, and I'm curious to see. I mean, we already know Daniel Radcliffe's a great actor. Yeah. Um. So he's good at comedy, actually. He's very, very good at comedy. Yeah. Swiss Army Knife movie. Uh, a Swiss Army Man. Uh, Army he, he was in a wow. movie in 2020 called Guns Akimbo, which I really yeah. liked. Yeah, he's yeah. really good at that. Yeah. And then instead on um, SNL as a host, he was good, especially that sketch with um, Christian Wig and the toll, the poll taking. He did a brilliant job with the American accent. Okay. Yeah, see that's Wait, the thing. I gotta look that one up. <laughs> well, you could actually do a believable American accent, uh, but you know that's a lot true. of a lot of the great Brit actors can do um, American accent, but like not Too many, many. American <laughs> act, not many American actors can do the British accent very well. Yep, yep, yep. I don't. I think Peter Dinklage might be one of the few that can do it. Um, yeah. Would you Would you agree uh, as Tyrion Lannister? But you know, I mean, it's a fantasy. Yeah. It's Westeros, not really English, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> think about it. But uh, um, Jesse, you're looking up something, or yeah, I'm looking up this sketch. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'll put it in the chat there. Yeah. Uh, save. Send the link. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, I, 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 this is pretty good. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, send, I'll put, put the link in the chat. Put a link in the chat. So number six, James Mangold, uh, an indifferent biopic, uh, which is based on 
Uh, the book Buster Keaton Cut to the Chase. Oh, Buster uh, Keaton biopic. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I love yeah, you, you like Buster Keaton. Very cool. Yeah, I love so. those movies. Yeah, I, I actually prefer him to Charlie Chaplin. Oh. I do, because he he always... Charlie Chaplin was always kind of, like, over-the-top and exuberant and expressive yeah. with his face. Buster Keaton was kind of, like, corpse face all the time, Morse, which Morse makes story. it funnier to me. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> right. The yes. craziest shit would happen, he'd just be kind of like... Right. Okay. Deadpan. Apparently, yeah, that very good at deadpan, yeah. So it's based on the book Buster Keaton Cut to the Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're basically adapting a biography um, of uh, Buster. So look out for that. And James Mangold, you know, he's a very good director. So we'll have to see how that one goes. All right, number seven, um, MGM acquired the rights to remake System Crasher. This is uh, a 2019 German drama and we mentioned Channing a little earlier. Channing is starring in it and okay. it's going to um, produce the English English language version of this film as, as it was produced in Germany. The original one, which is, you know, sometimes a way to go. You know, they did that with a Girl with Dragon Tattoo and so many other films, right? If the if the international film can't make it in the US and they side a way to do it for American audiences. But, you know, Maybe they don't need to do that, that that much anymore. Look at look at Parasite. I mean, like Parasite mm-hmm. translated all to American audiences. You know, they didn't need to yeah. re- remake that one. God forbid they do. Um, I mean, there's some things that do work well as remakes. I, I just actually started watching um, uh, Euphoria on HBO Max. Yeah, that's, that's adapted that's from an Israeli show. TV show. <laughs> Euphoria is it's a very dark so and miserable dark. show. Yes, it's cool, depressing. Very, I can only take an episode at a time. It's depressing. I, but- it really, really captivates yeah. you. Morgan, have you started yet? Because So I finished season one and okay, I've had good. to take a break. But I it's been heavy, right? people I've been it's very heavy. I've been texting <laughs> people about right. it. And I'm like, I need to finish season two or catch up because I can't deal with not knowing. But like it's it's a lot. Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot to take. It's definitely in, a lot. Yeah. Zendaya looks is a really great actress and she's can, so great. She can play somebody that just looks like shit all the time. I, I know. And she she's looks great. awful in that. And she's like we a know beautiful she's very beautiful, person. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I they, love her. Yeah, I mean, she won. Um, the was it the Emmy or the Golden Globe for Best Actress? Well, I believe well, it was the Emmy. Oh, was, was the Emmy? Okay. Double check. Double <laughs> check, Rob. We'll fact check that one. But um, and she was competing against some very seasoned actresses. You know, much older, seasoned, um, veteran actresses, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have to say that that's a Zendaya. You know. You know yep, yes. it was the primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. Ah, wow. well, 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 well deserved. And of course, uh, we didn't talk about that somebody that's good year. at deadpan. <laughs> yes, right? he's also good at that, like kind of. She's just so over everyone's shit all the time. <laughs> she rolls out of bed. I'm sick of this shit. I'm going back. Yeah. To Morgan, do you see any similarities with BTB's own Sabrina Taylor Smith with Rue? <laughs> Come on. Let's... I mean, I tell I, I tell Sabrina this personally, but is there yes, similarities with like the hoodies? And yeah, just, and like... the mannerisms. Yeah, I can yes. see. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to allude to drugs or whatever, but the mannerisms and the right. character, the voice. The kind of wild hair. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you see that. I'm glad yes. I'm glad you see yes. that. Right. <laughs> All 
All right, number eight on the list, guys. Forrest Gump is having reunion of sorts. Ooh, that's right. funny. Um, why? But it's, well, it's <laughs> Jesse, not really. Huh? Why? <laughs> not why? really in the film form of a Forrest Gump like a <laughs> sequel or like how they did with mm. the friends. It's basically the same creative team on a new film. So, oh, okay, okay. so so it's uh, uh directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's um, Tom Hanks and Eric Roth. They're, they'll all be reuniting for a new mm. movie. Based on a graphic novel that I'm not familiar with called Here. And if Mike DeGeneral Zod was here, he'd know exactly yeah, he'd know. what the fuck no, this is. Yeah. But uh, um, it's published in uh, 2014. Um, and Here is centered in one room and chronicles the events that have occurred in that room over the course of hundreds of thousands of years. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. So they, I guess it's a lot of short stories intertwined, maybe you know, of people that have right. lived in this room. What what craziness has gone in the room? An basically. anthology film, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm really curious how they're gonna make it work. Uh, I could see it as a series, but this is gonna be a yeah. film. Nobody really but, does anthology movies anymore. Yeah. So what was the last one that came out? Can you think of one? <laughs> Like a series Obama. of short films, like like Creep Show Obama's or something kind of like that. Oh, I can't yeah. think of anything. Um, machete and um, no, the, I mean like like a series yeah. of like like four or five like thirty minute movies, right? Within one film. Yeah, there was an indie <laughs> film I saw that escapes and that Tony Todd is in it. Um, and we interviewed one of the actors from an Aaron uh, Villa on here on BTB. If you mm. Check it out. Um, that was the last anthology film I recall seeing, Jess. Yeah. yeah, you're right. They don't really do too many of them, but uh, it's a shame. It'd be fun to yeah. see this again. Yeah, it would be. But I'm really curious how they're going to handle this. But yeah, this is the first time all three have been uh, that all three will work together since '94's Forrest Gump. Yeah, so right. as you know, that's a a classic. Eric, Eric Roth is also up for an Oscar for Dune this year as well, I think. Oh, Oscar nominee for Dune. Yeah, right. I think he was Oscar nominee Very for good. Dune. Apparently go. he doesn't like the book, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's kind of like Bill Burr on The Mandalorian. Ah, like, I don't know what's going on. They just paid me to show yeah. up. Yeah. Right. Jeez, man. Stick around, Bill. You're the best character on the show. He, isn't he great? <laughs> <laughs> well, How did he get more character development in five minutes than Ray got in an entire trilogy? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yeah. Truth, truth, truth. Oh God. Right, Dean. I know you're a big Star Wars fan. I, I know you got to agree with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Star Wars in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. Tom Brady acting. Uh, that's why he's retiring. Now we know why. Why? Why? So yeah. Why? Yeah, why is a very good question. <laughs> it's a. It's a. Okay, so it's called. It's a comedy road trip comedy. And he's playing himself basically, but it's mm. called oh, okay. eighty. It's called eighty for Brady. And basically, I can't. I can't. It's inspired by the true story of four best friends and New England Patriots fans who take a road trip to the Super Bowl to see Tom Brady play, and the chaos that ensues as they navigate the wilds of the biggest sporting event in the country. So, are you guys sold on that or no? No. No. <laughs> I, I I'm not a huge sports person. I just don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I just. Someone, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Morgan. Go ahead. <laughs> I just, I don't see why, like, you know, you're you're married to a supermodel. You've yeah, got right. your perfect children. You right. have all these 
Super Bowl trophies and rings. Like, why don't you just sit at home and enjoy that? Like, name, I name also don't last think athlete, he's a very name. The last yeah. athlete that was a good actor. Oh wow, that's a good question. Terry Bradshaw's kind of funny in some of Gina Carano, Mandalorian, um, UFC fighter. Way back, Alex Karras. Way back in the day. Well, we're talking about recent though. You want okay. to talk about recent? <laughs> Yeah, that's is a little, little way back. Is good, or do people hate him? The guy who used to be the wrestler. Well, The I Rock. Mean, the Rock, John Cena. The Rock, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, John Cena. John Cena is actually... We'll get John the Peacemaker Cena. soon. John Cena is actually really good. We're I gonna like get the John Cena, guys. Cena. Yeah. We're getting the Peacemaker. All right, number 10 <clears throat> uh, is Aziz Ansari will be directing. He'll be um, uh, his directorial debut um, and working with Bill Murray, of all people. Okay. Um, yeah. And he actually, Aziz actually wrote the screenplay play and will be directing. And uh, it's adapted from a book called Being Mortal, Medicine and What Matters in the End. And mm. basically, a practicing surgeon describes his book about aging, patients' anxieties regarding death, and doctors' tendency to fall back on false hope mm. and having potential to change medicine and lives. I'm guessing Bill Murray is the elderly character in this um just to, just to take a wild guess and say yes <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, it was great to see him ghostbusters afterlife wasn't it jeez no <laughs> oh come on <laughs> Why not? yes i i'm one of like the five people on the planet that didn't care for the movie oh boo really you didn't pop when all three of the ogs were, were came in the end and started well one huh? dan Aykroyd said they took all that egon took all their gear so why do they have their gear Two, uh, it seems kind of sad and pathetic to have these old guys standing there taking away all of the effort from the kids that were for 95% of the film. Uh, Like, did they even need to show up? Couldn't the kids have done all the work? Well, they certainly helped, wouldn't you say? (laughs) It's kind of like... They did everything at the end. <laughs> kind of like if what happened at the end of the Peacemaker finale happened a little early. But anyways, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, number 11 on the list. Zoo, zip zooing zippity doo over here. Uh, all right, so Oscar news. Um, they're actually going to be streamlining this already very long award show. Thank God. And we'll be cutting out um, awards on not – they'll still get their awards, but these following awards mm-hmm. will not be on television. That's documentary short, film editing, okay. makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, oh, live action short, and sound. Yeah. No. I mean, that mm. seems. What? I get bullshit. The, I get yeah. the hair and makeup and the sound editing, but not animated short. Like, Damn, dude. Well, crazy. animated feature, yes. Hell? Animated feature will stay, Morgan. Animated short, however. Uh... Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, how many animated shorts do you guys know, right? I mean, that's not really a big loss. And they'll still get their award. They just won't be on stage in, in their tuxedo or, or dress, cocktail dress. Here's how, right. you, here's how you streamline the show without cutting awards out. Okay. Cut out, cut out all the ass kissing. <laughs> Thank my God. Thank all my the age. sequences of like, actors like, just like going on and on, just rambling and trying to put in jokes. Yeah. Cut all that stuff. <laughs> it's an award <laughs> show. You're there to give somebody a statue. We're not there to laugh, okay? Right. Well, it, the, the, the monologue is a big part. The opening monologue is a big part of what the host The does. opening monologue could stay, but okay. don't put in like a song and dance number. 
You don't Cut like the song out. and dance number? Oh, now Morgan I is a dancer. I, like I know you like the dance. song and dance. It's gotta go. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Cut out like the mid-show sequences of people trying to put in like crass yeah. jokes. Cut all that. <laughs> wow. Streamline. Put put the stuff out there for like giving people their awards, but cut out the all the fat around it. You know. Interesting. Wow. Like streamline the show. Don't cut stuff off the show. Right. Well, the reason why they want to streamline is for ratings. They really want to boost their ratings. Um, if they really, they, the Oscar is even that important anymore. Uh, mm. Sort of. I mean, my favorite movie didn't even get nominated this year for anything. Which one was that? No, it was, it was Pig. Pig was my favorite movie. Oh, Pig was your favorite movie. That was my favorite movie. That uh, that movie is heartbreaking. It didn't get nominated for anything. I didn't my favorite see t- that. My favorite TV love. show. My favorite TV show was Midnight Mass. Got nominated for nothing. Absolutely. It's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting which way they go with it, but. Um, for the uh, Academy Awards, they will require uh, COVID-19 vaccination for most, but not all inside the theater. Um, nominees and invited guests must show proof and a negative test. Uh, those performing mm. presenting in the award, award show will not need to show proof, but will be tested rigorously. Um, as LA, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're just presenting. What, what, how one person. Different? Yeah. Um, but uh basically um yeah i mean basically i guess they're loosening the restrictions because yeah now mm-hmm. kind everyone's of, kind of over the protocols and shit just over like, protocols mm-hmm. looks like uh, the metrics are showing almost kind of, you know fading away so we'll see we'll see what happens but um mm-hmm. anyways let's go on to number 12 uh the sag awards which happens this sunday I will be happy to make my vote this Friday. I want to try to jam a couple more movies and watch them before I vote with some integrity, you know. Um, But, um, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about being a SAG member is being able to vote in these award shows. But um, they just announced an opening number. Uh, David Diggs, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Leslie Odom Jr. will will be opening the award show in a Hamilton reunion of sorts. Um, so look for a nice little song, song and dance. dance. Yeah, it's number. There you go, Jesse, the song and dance. Mm. The song and dance. <laughs> you got to love the song and dance. But, um, I mean, it's Lin-Manuel. Right? You got to <laughs> let the man sing and dance. That's mean Lin, the V. You can't be better now, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, in, I was there physically. <laughs> There you go. See, you're very lucky to have done that. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, and they announced the presenters: Alexandra Daddario, Rosario Dawson, Ross Butler, Vanessa Hutchins. Uh, with more Love to her. be announced, Kate Winslet will present the 57th SAG Lifetime Achievement Award to the one and only Helen Mirren. So, um, oh, wow. But well we, yeah, but we already talked about the nominees, so we don't need to repeat <clears> that. Listen to our previous show um to get all the nominee scoops there but let's move on to hbo's peacemaker guys so uh we have our sub- subject matter expert here i kind of watched the head so i could find out the bombshell at the end of the finale but season one finale of peacemaker first of all earned the top spot on Variety's trending tv chart for the week of february 14th to the 20th so basically 700,000 engagements with fans on Twitter. Um, wow. so, 
Yeah, so basically um, catapulting the show from the ninth spot last week to the first place finish. Mm. Um, well deserved. I really yeah. like that show. I've watched and it twice the, now. Very good, very good. I Well, I had to find out what happened, but let's just say that Peacemaker's coming back for season two, which is uh, another well-deserved thing based on these great numbers. Um, and first of all, let's talk about John Cena, we mentioned the actor that translates, sorry, the athlete that translates to actor. Would you say that's one of the rare exceptions? Uh, I mean, he's been a good actor for a while now. I, yeah. I actually, there's a, um, there's a movie from years ago, um, uh, a comedy called Blockers. Have you seen that? Yes, I love Blockers. <laughs> I remember that. Oh yes. my God. <laughs> Very raunchy. Yeah, it's it's raunchy, but it's actually a well-written movie. I actually, I, yeah, I, I suggest it to people. Yeah, it's, like it's good. It. It's like a, it's a teen boner comedy that's not crass or offensive. <laughs> right. You know? Okay. Yeah. It's the opposite of like those American Pie but, movies, which have not what? aged well. It's amazing because yeah. when John Cena was a WWE superstar, he had <laughs> he had a huge fan base of children. Now, if they yeah. watch the show, they're going to see mm-hmm. John, you know, with profanity. Bending a woman over a sink and fucking her in the ass. That. <laughs> the, the oh, movie, Lord. The fucking, all that stuff. So. Just kids, beware. Uh, if you watch Peacemaker, if you're a fan of John Cena, just beware that there's some very adult themes in this. And, you know, because it's interesting because, like, Steven Soderbergh had said, we talked about this on Below the Belt show, that there's no fucking superhero films. But yeah. this series yeah. basically disproves all that because there is a ton of fucking uh, in yeah. this Peacemaker series. Well, I also feel like Soderbergh doesn't watch a lot of this stuff. That stuff. Right. Exactly. So, it's like, how does right. he know? Like, he, does, he clearly hasn't watched The Boys. So right. it's there is like Eternals finally got a sex scene, kind of. Um, yeah, it was mild, but yes. Yeah, it's it's for teenagers in the audience, you know. And, then, right. and everybody says, any. I love the fact that the people that are complaining about Peacemaker are the Zack Snyder fans that are just like, oh, this is an insult to the the lore of Peacemaker. The lore of Peacemaker? Who gives a shit? Like, the character's <laughs> been in barely any comics. Right. It's a know-nothing character. Nobody cares. And, and that's very why obscure. the show is like, Yeah, they lean into the fact that nobody cares. They constantly keep pointing out that nobody cares about him within the show. They're just like, oh, Peacemaker, that racist supervillain. All right. <laughs> the dad, the dad. I'm not racist. <laughs> it's the yeah, dad. They, they lean into it. They lean yeah. into the fact that nobody gives a shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not only John Cena killed it. I mean, Robert Patrick, I mean, it's a very controversial character, but I guess it's just bringing awareness to oh, God. Some, some crazy things. What, what, what do you think of his character? I didn't realize that Robert Patrick could play such a good scumbag. Jesus <laughs> right. Christ. Dude, you have not been near him. I mean, I'm, I interviewed him a couple years ago. Right. Still got that T-1000 stare, and he's oh, really? fuck okay. out of me. It's like, Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. It's like how bad it was because I was talking about his show and I accidentally said the wrong title. It's like, yeah. it's, it's oh, that stereotype. It gets me all the time. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Terminal Minds, but he's actually in Scorpion. It's like, you're, you're <laughs> Well, also, Danielle Brooks from Orange and the Black is also in his Leota, um, you know, who is um, Amanda Waller's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, Freddie Stroma as Vigilante. Okay, best character in the show. <laughs> The DCEU has their Deadpool. Yes, yes. there you go, right? Stephen Key is John Economos and Amelia Harcourt. Uh, Oh, sorry, Jennifer Holland. 
who is now James Gunn's fiance, if you didn't know, um, uh, plays Amelia. Yeah, so congrats to them. But let's talk about what uh, the major cameo at the end of the episode, guys. (laughs) I'm sorry for spoiling it, guys, but you know. I mean, it's been out for about a week. You haven't even heard about it. We got to talk about it. Yes, the Justice League. Four of the six, we should clarify. Four of the six, and only two spoke, and and the other two were shadows, but... Yeah, it clearly was not Henry Cavill or Gal Gadot. Right, so... Clearly was not that. The shadows were Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and Henry Cavill's Superman, but Mm -hmm. the live-action versions of Aquaman, played by Jason Momoa, Mm. and Ezra Miller's Flash... Got some screen time at the end, and uh, it's funny because I saw, I read in an interview that James Gunn said the reason why Justice League showed up late instead of in the middle of the episode or somewhere in the episode is that they didn't have the budget. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> they didn't have the budget to pay. Those well, also, they weren't actually even like uh, Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller were not actually there with John Cena or anybody like that. They were filmed against the green screen. Green screen. They right. were not actually there oh, at wow. all. Yeah, because they were just they were so isolated and so far away from production yeah. that they it was like a last minute thing of just like shoot this quickly, shove it in the episode. Yeah. So originally they were just going to be in silhouette, and originally ba- both Batman and Cyborg were supposed to be there, and then DC and Warner Brothers said no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that recently actually... came out. They were yeah. going to be there, and then they digitally erased them. Oh, I, that I didn't know, but they, they cut them out. I do have the, the the interview question. Why weren't Batman and Cyborg in the group? And James Gunn said, you know, I don't know what I can. Yeah. There are reasons for it, but I'm actually uncertain whether I can say what those reasons are. I, I would. It I have might, a feeling it's because Batman, Affleck's Batman is supposed to be in Flashpoint. They're trying to erase him out of the universe. Ah, okay. And then there's also the Ray Fisher situation, which is just getting worse and worse by the worse day. Worse and worse, right. It's like, yeah, we don't need to do that. <laughs> So you got four out of the six. Be happy. But he so. did say it might have to do with future stuff. So there you go. The future stuff. Would be, yeah, would be the Flashpoint movie, right? Yeah. Um, he, he was also asked, was there any conversation, including Gal or Henry? He said, I don't really think so. I really thought it was just going to be Jason. And Ezra was more like <clears throat> the extra thing because I found he, that he found it inter- interesting and he wanted to do it. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and Ezra Miller was just kind of like, oh, that sounds fun. I'll do it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah good sports. Yeah, just good sports. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure they weren't paid a ton just to do those tiny. Oh, cameras. probably nothing. Right. So <laughs> yeah. they're probably the equivalent of Brad Pitt's cameo in Deadpool too. <laughs> like exactly. he got paid like 50 bucks <laughs> right. to show up for the day. But right. Jason Momoa's Aquaman <laughs> had to respond to Peacemaker allegedly saying that he likes to fuck fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was brought up in there, but. Uh, <laughs> Interestingly enough, yes, if they showed up a little bit, they would have been earlier. They would have decimated the yeah. entire butterflies and, and all that and, stuff. So. And that's something I want to point out, which is the um, <clears throat> everybody always asks, like, why doesn't the Justice League show up to solve all these problems? Or or uh, why doesn't the Avengers just show up and solve all these problems? Well, then there's no story. The point right. of the show is that it's called fucking Peacemaker. If the Justice League did everything, then why the hell are all these right. other characters existing? Like, it's true. Yeah, it's like Superman can literally do everything. Why does he even need to be there? Like, so you have well, a big universe. You have to accept the fact that maybe they're just not right. there because the they're story has to the, happen. And That's they, the well, what about for the story reason that they're they're already involved in another crisis on another right? Another yeah, they've got planet. Planet. something else going on. Like you can right. say 
one of a million things. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, Peacemaker. Woo, what a what yeah. an incredible show. I and really it makes hope... me happy because it's the final nail in the coffin to the Snyder stuff. Well, because it's because it the scene of Peacemaker just walking past Justly and going, you're late, dickheads. Go fuck another fish. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, you're not needed anymore, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is running the show now. Well, you know, is, is this the first series that ties into the DCEU? I think it is, right? Well, I mean, Crisis Limiters from Arrow did did that kind of, where it combined everything together. True, but it didn't it didn't um, wasn't tie in, into the movies. Sorry, I'm thinking, I'm talking sort about of, with, with Flashpoint, where um, Ezra Miller showed up for his cameo in. in ah, yes, okay. One little bit. It's a, one it's, little bit. Okay. It's yeah, as tangential that. as you could make it. Right. right but it is there was connection between them. But I think they they found some, but they found basically the John Favreau to. The Star Wars universe is James Gunn to DCEU. Yeah, right? James Gunn and William and what is it, Walter Hamada, they're now running things. Yeah. Jeff Johns is out. You know, they, all those they, other guys are out. They can bring in more, yeah. more uh, series. Yeah. You know, tie it all in Marvel style. Yeah. But and anybody that complains that like, oh, DC is just Marvel now. Like, well, you don't get to see, you know, uh, Right. You don't see like Spider-Man bending Mary Jane over a sink and fucking her up her ass. Like you don't <laughs> see that, but you do get to see that in Peacemaker. Okay. okay? There's hard sex. There's nudity. <laughs> there's swearing. Hard violence. Like yes. they've distinguished themselves enough from Marvel, where it's like, yes, there's jokes. Yes, it's right. funny, but there's also really good writing, great acting. It's well shot. You know, I mean, granted, it does look like a TV show. It does. Right. It does like it's kind of flat lighting, you know, not a lot of wild camera movement. Right. But it's it's distinctive enough that it's not Marvel style. All right. So it's yes. just it has just some level of heart in it. <laughs> and they pulled out all the grim, dark, depressing bullshit that Snyder was trying to shove into. It. Right. <laughs> Dean and Morgan Fab, you have not watched The Peacemaker yet? I have not. No, I have. I have. Dean, do you have an opinion on Peacemaker? Oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> it is a great show to watch and enjoy. You're right. This is one of the few DC Universe shows I actually enjoyed. It's like <laughs> movies, not so much, but this one's like, yeah, something. Finally, they're hitting that, hitting that stride. So, and if, yeah. and if you love Suicide Squad. If you watch, hmm? if you love the Suicide Squad, the second Suicide yeah. Squad film, clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Not you the will, other one. Right. You will love Peacemaker. So it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's James Gunn. It's the same. I dude. mean, it's a direct sequel. You ha- you exactly. kind of have to watch that. Yeah. You can't really yeah. jump Peacemaker. So. I know. I, I had people ask me, well, they're missing characters I've never heard of because you didn't watch the fucking Suicide Squad. You gotta watch Suicide Squad. <laughs> exactly. Simple as so, that. One other thing. You remember that scene where John Cena is listing off all those different people that he that uh, Economos could have put in place right. of him to get it to get thrown in prison? Right. Am I is this Mandela effect or am I going crazy? I could have sworn at one point he said Zack Snyder, James Gunn, and Economos goes, those two people don't even exist. Am I just going crazy? <laughs> I could have sworn he said that. that. Dude, I may have to rewatch that. <laughs> I feel that, like he did that. that I, I don't know if I'm losing my mind, but that would have been a great joke. <laughs> Someone needs to fact check that one. <laughs> Let's find out. Max <laughs> Snyder, James Gunn. They're not even real people. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should fact check that. That's yeah. pretty wild. Um, all right. Number 14, Disney Plus and Star Wars uh, news. So the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is next. Woohoo! 
mm-hmm. coming out in May, awesome. which is awesome. The, the poster looks dope. We talked about that already. What do you do they, with that show? I don't even know. They, they just announced that the one and only John Williams will be uh, doing the score. Thank um, God. Oh, wow. Right? Mm-hmm. The master has mm-hmm. returned. The master has returned. He's 90-some years old, and he's still wow. doing Wow. This will awesome. probably be the last Star Wars thing he works on. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we all thought we all thought that um, episode you know, nine was episode the last nine was gonna be the last one. And that'd be a terrible note to go out on. Oh. Um, <laughs> you want to go out on a high note, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. 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 But yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a timeline that really hasn't been explored in live action. Um, between episodes three and four, obviously Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett goes after episode six. We want to know what goes on in between episodes three and four, and Obi-Wan was a big part of it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I love how it ties into the prequels and the sequels, uh, bringing on, like, you know, Joel Edgerton to play uh, Uncle Owen and and also um, uh, Jimmy Smith's returning, you know, his, as Bail Organa. Oh, yeah. So they're really tying that in, and it's kind of, like, work timeline-wise, work perfectly. Yeah. Okay, place um, your bets now. Who's playing young Luke? <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's going to happen. Gonna do I don't it. even know. You know they're going to do but it. But will they go young actor, unknown actor that looks like Luke, or will they go the uncanny valley route? <sighs> I mean, they did pretty good in that recent season of mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett where they finally got the the, the, the deep fake correct. <laughs> right. He didn't look like Play-Doh. <laughs> and he's... And he's gonna have to be really, really young. Um, yeah, I, guess I think they're just casting their actor. We'll see because if they're a young kid, it really doesn't have to be the CG routes. But how, how long is it after true. episode three? Is it like three years? Something like that. Um, I, I think it's 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 real time from um, episode <laughs> three, I believe. Uh, so that so he's just gotten to Tatooine. Fifteen years, I think. Yeah. Mm. Because so it's, it's that. Wait, no. So he just got there, or is it like is it like over the course of the fifteen years? They might go over the course of the 15 years, but I heard that it's very, it's 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 almost real time. So they they literally mm-hmm. shot 2005. They shot um, episode three of Rents of a Sith 15 years later, or actually mm-hmm. was it now um, 20 uh, 17 years later, mm-hmm. um, which would be 2022 this year. Um, give this or take. is going to be a whole show of cameos. You know that, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. I, and I love that. I love that. I, I, love I hate that. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I I know that's petty. I know it's petty, but I'm just like I don't I don't need to see uh, Vader show up. I don't need to see the Emperor show up. Well, I don't need to see Young Luke show up. I, like, know, well, it's called Obi Wan. Focus well, on what he oh, was no, doing. We gotta have Darth Vader. I mean, he's the villain in the Star Wars universe. Uh, um, actually, Hayden Christian's already confirmed Jesse, so you know. We're, I, we're gonna, I know he's supposed to show up. I know that. But so it's like, is is Ian McDermott supposed to show up? Has he been cast? Uh, he hasn't been announced, but he could be. He could be one of those surprise, you know. Um, like the surprise you know. he was in episode nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Lived through all nine movies. Isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, in a Mandalorian, interesting Mandalorian tidbit here. George Lucas was actually concerned about Grogu's lack of training. As you know, he had... Oh. It was kind of hard to tell how much time passed since uh, season, the season two finale, Mandalorian, and where it picks up in Book of Boba Fett. 
we don't really know that timeline exactly, but it, it seems like it's not a long time and that no, Rogu no. has so much. Um, <clears throat> but he said, he talked to Dave Filoni about it. He said, I had to talk, and Dave Filoni said, I had to talk with George at one point about the child. His main concern was that as a kid, he has to have a proper amount of training. Uh, That's so, dumb. That's you know. dumb. Like, <laughs> if there's anything I liked in Last Jedi, it's that Ray was like, the Force is about deeper stuff, isn't it? It's like, no, it's about moving rocks. That's all it is. It's not that complicated. It's, like, it's, it's really not. Well, yeah, um, telekinesis, mind control. Yeah, moving rocks. That's <laughs> all it is. Crazy, crazy uh, agility <laughs> and reflexes. And, uh... I, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she 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 gained level seven force power. Okay. Right. <laughs> she leveled did, up. Did everybody? Right. Well, we talked about Book of Boba Fett already, but did everybody wrap Book of Boba Fett. Everyone yeah, saw. Yeah. We did an episode oh, on it actually on on Film Rescue. There you We're go. Not Rescue, um, to whatever's way up. We did yeah, I mean, um, your grace. Did you get a chance to see it? I've watched. I'm not finished it, but okay. I really enjoy it. Like, oh, so you I already really... you already heard about the spoiler a little bit of the spoilers. Yeah. Broken. So you know that like two yeah. episodes aren't even with Boba Fett. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this really could have just been Mandalorian two point season two point five. Two point five. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what we were saying. Yeah. yeah um. Like... Yeah. Why they Why they wanted to bring that into. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, where they could have saved that for Mandalorian season three. I'm not right. sure, but they could have just had to wrap yeah. up stuff from season two finale of uh, Mandalorian. True, because because it, it ends with this this idea of oh, Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian are going to fight. They're going to go to war with each other because right. she wants a dark saber. He has a dark saber, but the problem right. was uh, Katie Sackhoff was pregnant at the time. Okay, <laughs> so they couldn't bring her back. So they're like, okay. We gotta just push that push away that, for a push bit. It, right. So they tried to shoehorn this into Book of Boba Fett. And I, I get some stuff. I'm like, you know, him coming back to help out, kind of like a wild bunch or a seven samurai situation. That's kind of nice. It's cool. Um, why he has to have 50 minutes dedicated to just his stuff doesn't make sense when it's called Book of Boba Fett. Ah, right. <laughs> like I just, I just. If I sign up to watch Breaking Bad, I don't need to see a whole episode about his wife. You know? <laughs> she she's a side character in that story. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to Obi Wan. We'll have to uh, wait only a couple months for that one. So, all right, number fifteen, Netflix. What's going on Netflix? Well, they just dropped a, a trailer of a film that I worked on called Hustle. It's Adam Sandler's basketball movie, which is produced by LeBron James. Follows a washed-up basketball scout who's played by Adam Sandler as he discovers a star athlete with a rocky past and um, basically proved that he has what it takes to make it in the NBA. Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? It's a comedy, yeah. Oh, it's another one of those. Never mind. I'm not watching (laughs) 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 Don't care for Adam Sandler comedy. It's not for me. Yeah, oh, you when like he's with dramas. the Safdie brothers, my attention is all uh, is all eyes. Okay, and all you ears. do like the drama, like like I like the drama stuff. He's good yeah, at uncut gems. Uncut gems, yes. Um, stars Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, Kenny Smith, Raul Castillo, um, and Robert Duvall. Wow, he's in it as well. Wow. Um, Jesus. And it's the We the Animals director Jeremiah Zager. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I'm curious to see if a certain. Uh, 
Yours truly will make a cameo. Let's see. Um, <laughs> oh, I saw your cameo and don't look up. That was that was funny. Yes, thanks for yeah. catching. I just wish I liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you saw it. I'm didn't glad you saw it. it. Yes, I was trash mad extraordinaire number one. Yes, I, <laughs> I love it. Taking out the New York City's trash. You gotta love that, guys. Yes, I could talk about that one because that one's already out. Um, uh, let's see. So the final seven episodes of Ozark will premiere on April 29th. That's the date mm. on Netflix. There's a little, mm. little bit of a teaser. Take some of the footage from, uh, um, not meant, not much new footage. Just basically um, replays the Ruth raging scene after she finds out that, right. sadly, Wyatt had been shot and killed. So of course, you know, Darlene. Mm. She's not really upset about Darlene, but it's more, more about <laughs> Wyatt. Um, but uh, I need to watch Ozark. I, I still haven't Ozark, Ozark should be at the top of your list, Jesse. I know. I'm, I'm trying to work my way through Euphoria right now. I got so much on my back. Oh, that's See, why. Euphoria is exactly why like I'm behind. That. Euphoria is exactly so why I'm behind on Peacemaker. Let's <laughs> 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 try to catch up on, uh, on the other HBO show, but I will be catching up, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um, we'll see if it gets nominated again, but... Um, I think the reviews haven't been as stellar for the first half of season four as previous seasons. Um, yeah, some mixed reviews, but um, it's still lots of WTF, what the fuck moments. In it, you know? mm. And it looks like um, Netflix and Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle still have their working relationship, despite some of the controversy due to his last uh, special, <laughs> The Closer. Um, his next project is called Chappelle's Home Team. A series of four standalone comedy specials, with the first dropping at the end of the month, February 28th, guys. So, oh, wow. Chappelle stays with Netflix, guys. So the uh, the movement to try to move Dave off the network was not successful. I, um, I kind of just gave up on Dave Chappelle. You did for the, yeah. for the closer or for other reasons? Just, nah, just just not interested in his comedy anymore. Doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't do anything for you? Okay. Yeah. Very fair, very fair. All right. Um, the man who fell to earth, Chiwetel Ejiofor's new series on Showtime, dropped a new trailer. It's sci fi, so I know Dean's going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's basically uh, Chiwetel's character of Faraday, who crash lands in the desert and meets Justin Falls, played by Naomi Harris. Um, who happens to be a brilliant scientist and engineer and has fled his dying planet and needs her to help save Earth from the same fate. Um, mm. Yeah, sounds pretty deep. It sounds very similar in some ways to Station Eleven on HBO Max, which is another show that I have to resume. Um, although Station Eleven was all about Earth. There's other, other plans involved, but kind of the apocalyptic scenario. <clears throat> oh, is Station Eleven a sci-fi show? It's kind of sci-fi, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Mm. It's a pandemic in, in a sci-fi. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's dystopian pandemic with some sci-fi thrown in because because the pandemic is that severe. It, it has sci-fi moments, I guess. I don't know. but it's, a, it's very heavy, Morgan, if you ever want to watch that one. Yeah, so many heavy shows. <laughs> so many heavy shows! <laughs> The world's on fire. We're about to go into World War Three. What else yeah. is new? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, over uh, on Amazon, which is number 17 on my list. Wow, we're zipping through this. 
Robert Downey Jr. is back after he took a little bit of an acting hiatus after Iron Man bit the dust on Endgame. Spoiler alert, sorry. Um, he'll be working again with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, and Iron Man 3 director Shane Black. I'm going to see it. And of course you're going to <laughs> I don't see even it. know what it is. I'm going to right, see it. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's a film for Amazon Studios uh, based on the character Parker. Uh, oh fuck yes! Created by author Donald <laughs> E. Westlake. What do you know about this? Oh, Parker's fantastic. I love the character of Parker. Yeah, he's Who, great. And this there was, was a 90, movie, um, 1962 novel called The Hunter. You're familiar with this? Oh yes, I've read The Very Hunter. Cool. Um, there's like nice. I think it's like 15 books in the series. Uh, it's pulp. It's Paul. Basically, he's a very one-dimensional character. He's just a crime. He's just a, a criminal. That's all he is. Mm. Um, there was a movie. Um, they did adapt The Hunter previously. Um. Remember the movie Payback with Mel Gibson? Yep. Yeah. That's the oh, hunter. Yeah. yeah, they changed a lot of stuff around. They it's not a great adaptation. Um, they added in Chris Christopherson's character at the end, who's not in the book. Um, they also changed his name to Porter for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. Um, but Parker is basically about uh he's been screwed over and after a heist, they've been left, he's been left for dead. He comes back to New York and he's gonna hunt down the people that stole his money and get it back. That's it. Simple, right. straightforward, basic. It's like a 150-page novel. It's barely even like full length. So. All right. Yeah. There's like 15 of those books, and he barely ever changes the character. He's the how same in think, almost every how, story. How will uh, Robert Downey Jr. fare in that lead? Uh, I think maybe he's not right for that role. Um, okay. I would prefer somebody that more grim because the character is very just kind of like walks into a room, sees what he wants, and if anybody gets in his way, he just kicks the living shit out of him. <laughs> I don't see that with Robert Downey Jr. Well, he did kick ass as Iron Man and save the save the universe. But he's a little on the snarky side. I think somebody a little more, I don't know. Okay. A harder edge person would be better. Yeah. My choice. But I'll still it's see it because it's Shane Black and I. Love yeah, him. interesting to know that that uh, Robert Downey Jr. has laid low since 2020's Doolittle. He did that. And <laughs> Good decision. So Good he hasn't decision. he hasn't been acting and in, and in, he hasn't you know this is a, this will be his ne- next project back back. I mean, and, not that uh, he had to act. I mean, right. right? How much money did he make all of that? <laughs> exactly. Like fifty million dollars exactly. or some shit. Like, exactly. Yeah, he made a lot of money. He this is this yeah. I mean, it's well deserved. He, he well, well, well deserved. I think Jennifer Lawrence took another before she came back and uh, don't look up. Took a little bit of a break from Hollywood as well. Yeah. It, it gets a little taxing, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. Also on Amazon, uh, Walton Goggins uh, has been cast in a lead role uh, on the Fallout TV series. Yes. All right. Yes. Based good on the choice. popular video of good good casting this time. Good casting. Yes. Popular video game franchise. And I think West he's in some Pro- of the games, actually. I think he does the voices in some of the games. Well, that's perfect then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's a versatile actor. I mean, you've seen him in Righteous Gemstones, Hateful Eight, Ant-Man of the Wasp. Um, and uh, Westworld creators Jonathan Dolan and Lisa Joy will executive produce. That's awesome. Um, and um, this is where video game meditation should be television. Don't do them as movies, do movies, them as TV, yeah. please. For, for character development, you got yes, like gotta, that's why The Last gotta, of Us is being adapted. That's why you've got you know the Fallout shows on the way, it's, you know, right? Like, Halo. I'm, Halo, the, the, that that Halo is coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, like that's mm-hmm. that's where you should put these things because TV budgets can match film now. You know, it's yep. like, you know, eight episode series can be even more satisfying than a two and a half hour film. 
Precisely like, right. Like you want to adapt the entirety of the first Halo game into a two and a half hour film? Not possible. <laughs> it is not possible. <laughs> you can do it as an eight episode show though. Yeah. I think that's the way to go, especially doing sequels as well. Because we, I think we were talking about Cobra Kai. Had it been a movie, it would not have worked. No, no, that that required the length that it got. It got right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it required that length. And look at it, it's a huge hit. So yeah, there it's a you hit. Go. Yeah, we're in a golden yeah. age of television. Go exactly, golden age of television. Yeah. Precisely. I wouldn't say we're in a dark age of movies, but we're <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I, I, <we're>, yeah. <laughs> Just one preface. Was it even legal last year to put out a movie that was less than two and a half hours? <laughs> Everything right. was two and a half hours. Yeah, I know. With the exception yeah. of Venom 2, because it's, that movie it's sucks. It's not good for my bladder, because I had to leave in the middle of the room. For <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really wish filmmakers would learn to streamline their movies a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the case um and primes upload season two uh just dropped its second season trailer uh that drops on march 11th now uploads a very very cool concept i've heard of it. it's kind of like a digital afterlife you know it's uh stars robbie amell i think it's uh stephen amell's brother right mm-hmm. um and um yeah i think it's a very interesting and my god could, could that be like the future how cool would that be like Instead of, you know, you have a terminal disease, well, you want to be digitally <clears throat> uploaded into this virtual world and live forever. Is that you know? on Amazon? Yeah. Is that on it's Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. 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 Well, I watched, wait, is, it, is there a second season? or Second season trailer? Yeah, trailer dropped. dropped. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I watched the first season. It was Yes. Was How would you like to live in that kind of afterlife, Your Grace? It's weird. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like, you're not dead, but, like, you are. Yeah. I wonder if the same feelings of like, could you feel your heartbeat if you're not really alive? Could you wow. even feel things? That's wild. I didn't even think about that. Things that you think about. Use the bathroom? Yeah. Like, did, yeah, it's going to be a no can't for eat me. Anything? Can't try right. anything. And God forbid, <laughs> no. it, it, God forbid there's an EMP pulse. An EM pulse. Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just ready for whatever's next, and I don't think that's it. So. Right. It's gonna be a pass for me. Yeah. yeah. That's March. <laughs> March 11th. You can catch the second season. You're great. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Look for it. All right. Number 18, which is going to go into our classic cut break. Number 18, and then we only got a couple more, and then we bring our special guest Brad Rudder, which we're really excited about. But number 18 is South Park. Can you believe it's celebrating its upcoming 25th anniversary? Jesus. Um. And a new episode will premiere on March 2nd. And um, so one of the hit songs was uh, Chef's song, Chocolate Salty Balls. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for this anniversary episode, you're going to get a 30-piece orchestral rendition of the song, <laughs> Chocolate Salty Balls. Oh, yeah. Why not? Can you believe what I picked for the classic cut, guys? I mean... Yes. Yes, it's Chef from South Park. This is Chocolate Salty Balls. We're going to take a classic cut break. Enjoy the song. And when you get back, um, we got the, the final two on the list. And we got Jeopardy! Champion and one of the, the stars of ABC's hit game show, The Chase. Awesome. He's going to talk trivia with us. Man, we should think of some trivia questions to try to stump him, right? Uh, but anyways, Brad <laughs> Rudder. Will be joining us later in the program. So, guys, wow, this is great. I, I love this streamlined format, guys. We're doing it great. All right, so, guys, here is 
chocolate salty balls and we'll be back here say everybody haven't seen my balls they're big and salty and brown if you ever need a quick pick me up just stick my balls in your mouth Ooh, suck on my chocolate salted balls stick them in your mouth and suck them Suck on my chocolate salted balls They're fat full of vitamins and good for you So suck on my balls Wow, chocolate salty balls That's that's Isaac Hayes, (laughs) chef from South Park Uh, Rest in peace, Isaac Hayes Um, Who didn't kind of, he kind of left the show with some controversy, I think Um I got yeah. the show, and then when they wanted to bring him back, they started splicing up all this old audio of him talking. It sounded so awkward and funny at the same time, but mm, that's the yeah. only way they could justify bringing back Chef is to <clears throat> use the audio clips of. Yeah. Um, did they ever bring him back at any point after that? I don't think they did. Because they kind of brought him no, back as like Darth Chef. I think he sadly passed away. After no, I mean like, did they well, ever? bring back that version of the character where he's like, he gets like rebuilt that like uh, yes. that version where he's rebuilt as like Darth, uh, Darth, the chef <laughs> at the very end, like yeah. in episode three. Yeah. Nah, I don't recall it. Wow. Maybe they just abandoned it. Cause they're like, yeah, it's too much of a hassle. Screw it. <laughs> Probably so. Well guys, number 19 is one of my favorites. I don't know who in the panel watches it, but yes, the walking dead. Um, they just announced that Olivia Munn, Danny Ramirez, uh, Loan Chabanal, Ambeth Davids, and Jesse T. Usher. I've only heard of Olivia Munn and Jesse T. Usher of these uh, actors have joined the cast of Tales of the Walking Dead. So, Walking Dead is doing uh, an anthology show. Um, oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> limited series. Yeah, there you go. Anthology, right? Right. So, this will take specific um, chapters of like of Walking Dead, you know, past, present, and future, basically, and. Uh, as you know, the main show is uh, wrapping up. We just saw, if you have AMC Plus, the first two episodes of of season um, eleven, part two. So the the final season is going to be broken into three parts, and we just got uh, for AMC Plus two weeks ago. You saw the the, the premiere of the second half, um, or if you don't have AMC Plus, last week you saw the premiere. Of, of the second part but uh a lot of stuff happened in these first two episode guys guys and uh episode nine was really all about wrapping that reaper storyline um which was kind of like the final group of baddies well if you, if you call the commonwealth baddies too but you know they it's a it's a community with bad people in it but that's the episode the, the reapers were definitely evil so yeah. that storyline wrapped where pretty much all the reapers suffered their fate except for leah Except for Leah, so uh, Maggie was the one that took out the final remaining Reapers, and um, you know they were able to get all the food and supplies they needed for the Alexandria camp, which is really diminishing their food supply. So, um, but notably, Leah survived, and I think uh, Daryl was very relieved that that you know because you know they were together, you know, and. Uh, Maggie shot her in the shoulder, but apparently Daryl intervened and, and Leah just kind of escaped. Um, but um, that was really all about episode nine. And of course, um, we saw what happened to Alden. Alden was bleeding profusely, left inside that church. And apparently one of the Reapers got to him and they had a battle with the, till the death. 
and Maggie discovers him sadly zombified. Um, so sadly, yes, Alden is no longer on the show. Um, but let's talk about episode 10 because that was a really big one because it was the beginning really of the Commonwealth um, storyline where um, a lot of the Alexandra um, protagonists uh, relocated to um, the Commonwealth. And the Commonwealth, as you know, is a very sophisticated, um, very non-apocalyptic. I mean, they have you know stores. They have haunted houses, which is funny because in the beginning they had what looked like a haunted house and then had a talking zombie, which pretty much defies all of uh, – all of the Walking Dead uh, rules, but turns out they were in a haunted house. So that's why the zombie was talking. It was a nice little way to uh, kind of open up the episode with a big WTF moment like that. But, I mean, you see this community. I mean, they're having festivals. They're having red carpets, Your Grace. Who ever thought you'd see a red carpet event in the zombie apocalypse, which was all about the press? I mean, that show is wild. I don't – It's wild. I've seen a yeah, few this... episodes like a while back. I can't believe it's still on. This like, storyline now with the people love that show, like, and I love the show. And it's a, lot, a lot of people love the show, but stopped after yeah. Abraham died at the hands of Negan. Were you one of those people, Jesse? I stop? failed in season four. Oh, you failed in season four, okay? But you I'm enjoyed like, yeah, the first. I'm done. You, but you enjoyed the first three seasons at least. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, okay. totally fine. But once they got out of the prison, I was kind of like, well, I'm done. <laughs> that was actually that was, and it was also before the golden age of uh, streaming when yeah. it started. So that's. <laughs> Another reason there's less shows to watch. <laughs> and, and I'm just, there's so much to catch up on now. I'm just kind of like, no. Oh, okay. No, well, no, I'll tell the Commonwealth story that has been awesome. I mean, like I said, basically whatever job you had before the world ended with the apocalypse, you got that same job. And mm. they're, they're very, it's very caste system-like. So it's a lot of Interesting. You know, levels of class. So if you're a waiter before, you're going to be a waiter coming back into this community. And that was that's what happened with Magna. Magna was a waitress, a waiter before, and now she's you know doing the same thing, uh, you know, serving drinks at this upscale you know red carpet party, which had a kind of a crazy WTF moment with one of the former Commonwealth guards taking the president's assistant with a knife to the throat, saying, you know, basically she's, he's going to slit her throat, but. Luckily, that was avoided. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, I think they're talking about a uh, a group of uh, rebels, basically, within the Commonwealth who are against what the Commonwealth stands for. And I think we're going to learn more about that um, because this Commonwealth, um, former <laughs> Commonwealth trooper alluded to, there's a lot. There's thousands of these rebels that could possibly overthrow the government a la January 6th resurrection, um, <laughs> which I don't know, uh, but we'll, we'll probably see that in, um, I imagine, part three of uh, The Walking Dead. But yeah, it's just been really, really exciting. Another really cool thing is that Carol's been working very close with Lance, who's one of the high-ranking officials of the Commonwealth. And uh, Carol is trying to get Ezekiel seen by a doctor to... Get, get the cancerous tumor removed from his neck. Problem is, he's like 160 something on the list. So she, he's trying to, you know, he's got to get moved up the list. So she's like been doing a lot of favors to get him up that list. Um, and one includes finding um, all this, like bottles of wine in like a remote area outside the Commonwealth where she had to fight off a, 
a bunch of walkers to get all this wine. So this sounds like a side quest in a video game. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I'd love to fun. help you out. If you can go find me these five bottles of wine, I will gladly give the information that you need. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. On. And, and move and take him to the top of the list so he can live. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. It was such a great episode, guys. It was just a lot of a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, um, and of course, it um, big rumor news. Well, actually, it's not even a rumor. It's true. Andrew Lincoln spotted in Atlanta, Georgia. Are they so, filming those Walking Dead movies? Like he's supposed to be in like three separate films so or something like that. They haven't started the movies yet, but that that was the intention was to have a Rick Grimes movies to wrap up his story. Did those get did those, did those get shit canned? Not really sure Ken yet, but it's kind of rumored, and I think it's going to be true that Andrew Lincoln will be appearing in the finale of Walking Dead because they're a, they're a, they're actually shooting the final episodes now, okay. which uh, the final episodes will for part three will drop in October. Um, so we're in part two right now, so it makes sense, you know. But I don't think we're going to get a lot of information. We're just going to get that wow factor, seeing Rick back on The Walking Dead, which is really exciting. I have a feeling um, that the, if, if they are doing those movies, it's going to be this timestamp between when he left and when he came back. That's what the okay. movies are going to fill in. And then the last episode is like, oh, hey, there, there's a, there's Rick. He's back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that could be it. Um, even, you know, because you want that reunion with Michonne, who actually also left the show, and then the two kids, you know, Judith and RJ. But there's this whole adventure of storyline that we're missing after Rick gets rescued from the helicopter. Uh, with Jadis, what happens during that time, and I think that's what the movies are going to serve, or if they decide to go the series route, which I think they should go a series route, like a mini, a limited series instead, would actually really make a lot more sense, you know? Um, yeah. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. They haven't really made any announcements on that. But um, And the last thing I have, number 20 on the list, um, which... Um, Relief to report this is the only major celebrity death this week uh, that I have I can report, but it's uh, Mark Lanigan, the singer for the Screaming Trees and the Queens of Stone Age, an integral part of the 1980s and 1990s grudge scene, um, died at his home in Ireland at the age of 57. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, um, his spokesman confirmed the death, but did not specify a cause of death. So we still don't know what, what sadly took his life, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, they, you know, screaming trees, Queens of Stone Age, they're a fixture in the nineties grunge scene, um, like nearly lost you, which was in the 92 grunge rom-com singles, which is a great film. Um, and the, the hit song, all I know, uh, which is a 1996 hit. So uh, yeah, rest in peace. Um, Mark Lanigan. So yeah, and uh, we always uh, end with celebrity birthdays. Celebrating on February 23rd <clears throat> includes Patricia Richardson from Home Improvement, mm-hmm. who's 70. Kristen Davis of Sex and City is 56. Mark Price Ooh. from Family Ties, 53. Um, Damon John from Shark Tanks, 52. Nishi Nash from Reno 911 and many other things. Yeah. 51. Kel McDonald, Boardwalk Empire is 45. Happy birthday, Josh Gad from Frozen. It's 40. Mm. We just mentioned Aziz Ansari, Ansari earlier, who's directing his first feature. His birthday's today. He is 38. The amazing Emily Blunt is also 38. A Quiet Place, Del Horse Prada, 
Ty White is 35, and Dakota Fanning is 27. That's birthdays today. Right. So, uh, so uh, we're going to be uh, waiting for our uh, special guest Brad Rudder to join us. The Buzzsaw. Um, anybody here a trivia buff or uh, Yo. who, who claims <laughs> to know some trivia? And uh, what it, now? I usually do great with trivia. I've done a couple like trivia trivia nights at local establishments and they've been really, really fun. And I have my, you know, my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, Dean, what are your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to uh, uh, trivia? Well, my strengths are entertainment, history, <clears throat> some geography, and movies and music. That sounds like um, a lot of my strengths. Yeah. Same. Now, do you have any kryptonites in the trivia? Sports. Sports. <laughs> yeah. What show are we on? <laughs> How about Morgan? Do you have any strengths in trivia? I mean, I usually can get like the music, like the art or music ones. Sometimes some history, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know sports and. If it's something science related, no, count me out. Science related, no. Okay, interesting. Mm. What about you, Jesse? No science, math. Jesse, oh yeah, math I'm not good at, and sports I'm terrible at. So everything else is okay. Everything else is okay, but I wonder what Brad is. Well, you know, he's pretty much great at everything, <laughs> trivia wise. But good timing. We're, wel- we're welcoming. <laughs> we were just talking about our strengths and weaknesses in trivia, but. Uh, which I want to get to, but we are welcome on Below the Belt Show, guys. He's a Jeopardy champion and the star of the hit game show on ABC, The Chase. We have the buzzsaw, Brad Rudder. Brad, hey, guys. Good to, have, good to have you on BTV. Welcome. Hello. Thanks. Awesome to have you. So we were just talking about trivia, strengths, and weaknesses. I had to watch a couple episodes of The Chase. And I, I think I found out what your weakness is, Brad. I mean, you're really Ooh. brilliant with a lot of things, but two episodes <laughs> I watched, you got two questions wrong related to this particular subject. Okay, I, what it is. I may know what you're talking about. It's, it's girl groups. You don't know your girl groups. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Here, the thing is, like, I'm the world's uh, youngest 80 year old man. So, <laughs> you know, the Shirelles and the Supremes and all them. But uh, yeah, Fifth Harmony, uh, I'll be brewing that one for a long time. Yes, Camila Cabello, Fifth Harmony. The other one that you did not uh, get correctly was the, the Safe Sex video was either TLC yeah, or Salt and Pepper. That is my, uh, <laughs> my era. Um, but I, like I said on the show, I could have sworn that was Salt and Pepper that were the condoms. Uh, I don't know why mm-hmm. that... Uh, it was TLC. My TLC because left left eye. That's why she wore it. Over right. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should have put oh. that together. Something on her left eye. And yeah. Guy like the you know the 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 eye black like the football players wear. But like right. she would have something. And yeah, the condom makes sense there. Yeah. Well, Brad, it's it's a, it's a refreshing uh, game show. I love I love it. It's so unique. I know it was started in the UK, but getting to see this American version of the show. But I, what I also love about it is the comedy aspect of it. You guys actually have to come up with your own improv. Um, yeah. uh, every time you guys are the chaser, wow. like based on what the contestants' jobs are, what they want to do with their prize money. Um, is that how, how does that work out as trivia experts? But now that you guys got to do improv now. Well, one thing that people may not know about me is uh, I'm a graduate of the Second City Conservatory. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> so wow. I, I've done quite a bit of improv in my life. And uh, the other thing that uh, is kind of secret is we do have writers, too. Uh, but uh, I'd say probably 70% of what I say on the show is all me. 70%. Okay, give the credit 30, uh, 30% to the other folks. But that is really, really cool. I love that. And uh, um, I, I really think that, um, again, when I say it's a breast of fresh air, because mm-hmm. Of, of that aspect of the comedy aspect and the fact that these trivia giants in the industry like yourself and Ken Jennings uh, can actually be um, chased out. And uh, um, I love that rooting for that, uh, that average citizen, yeah, as you yeah. call them re- regular, you call them regular people, right? <laughs> the, the trivia pros versus the average Joes is the, <laughs> although, like that, another secret is like they're not exactly average shows. Like we've we've had like oh, Jeopardy yeah. tournament of champions right. competitors and stuff like that too. Right. So, awesome. so you you kind of screen people beforehand. You see which ones are viable as contestants. You don't want just anybody walking in. Yeah, and it's you know it's network prime time, so you know people like to see people win money. Uh, yeah. That's one of the big differences with the British show is like they're bringing in people basically off the street. So, uh, you know, the chasers win, I think, like 80 or 90 percent of the time over there, which it's uh, we're about, you know, 550 uh, here. So, wow. I would love to see the chasers versus each other. Do you think we'll see that? Uh, Maybe for some kind of charity thing. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll run it up the flagpole. How, How do you like your chances against the other three? Uh, I'd do pretty well. Um, yeah, I've. Uh, and, and, but another thing, people, a lot of people don't know is that I, I have beaten Ken multiple times. It's just the one where he finally <laughs> was the one that everybody saw. <laughs> and you've also beat Watson too, right? No, uh, that oh. unfortunately. But uh, yeah, well, well I, I, I don't like to talk about that. Uh, actually there was a there was a funny uh slate had a podcast just a couple weeks ago about like uh, the the demise of the watson project which uh i may or not may or may not have listened to with great schadenfreude so brian you have been on both sides yeah you've been a host you've also been a contestant on jeopardy and the chase and you've been a chaser what in your mind would you give to future chasees to become a great contestant on this show or any other show? Well, it's sort of, it's easier said than done, obviously, because the whole setup is for the big, bad trivia pros to intimidate you. It's just, don't be intimidated. There's a, there's just a set of questions there. It's sort of like golf. You know, you're not playing the other people. You're playing the course. So just answer the questions. Focus on that. Like, there's one <clears throat> thing in front of you at any one time. And uh, just don't, don't let your focus get drawn away. It's, you know, it, it, like I said, it's tough. You're on TV. There's a bunch of flashing lights. You know, uh, Sarah is, and and the chaser, obviously, is trying to get you to take that big offer so we can catch you easier. Right. Um, but, yeah, just, uh, you know, have a game plan. Go in. Stick to it. And uh, just focus on each question one at a time. That's the, that's the only way to do it. Wow. Now, do you have any advice for those that want to – Become the next trivia yeah, um, beast, so to speak. Uh, any, any, anything uh, you could recommend is watch more Jeopardy, watch the Chase more. I mean, uh, what do you recommend reading? Any, um, anything that that sparks um, some memory, um, you know, things like that. 
Well, it, it's funny that you would mention it because I think probably the best thing you can do is watch Jeopardy every night and and oh, wow. Chase okay. and a lot of quiz shows is because there's a vast amount of knowledge out there and on any particular show you can get asked about any of it. But the more you watch quiz shows, the more you realize there's kind of a canon, you know. So there is, you know, there's stuff that'll come from nowhere, but there's stuff that you're going to need to know. Like, uh, especially for Jeopardy, like presidents, world capitals, Shakespeare, yes. that stuff comes up all the time. So if you're not particularly good at any of those categories, you can brush up on it. Um, for instance, whenever I know I'm going to be back on Jeopardy, like I, I couldn't tell you what the capital of Burkina Faso is right now. But if I know I'm going to be on Jeopardy, uh, I'm going to make sure that I you know, study them all and have it ready when I need it. Wow, that, that's good advice, man, because I, I, I would love to be on the chase. Uh, well, I, 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 I find myself watching. you, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly true. Uh, you just can't play me. So All right. <laughs> have, uh, have a chance at somebody else. <laughs> completely, completely fair. Wow. Now, the Buzzsaw nickname that you got, um, I was reading that Alex Trebek actually helped uh, with that nickname. Yeah. So it was this was, wow, 20 years ago in my original yeah. champions back in 2001 uh, in the quarterfinals, which was the first game I played. Uh, that was the best game of Jeopardy I ever played. I was up against two really good other five time champions back when that's all you could win. They would kick you off after five shows right. uh, named Doug and Bob. And uh, I was I was nervous going into it because I'd seen these guys play and I thought they were both really good. But the categories just lined up. I was I was all over the buzzer timing. I was just absolutely in the zone. And uh, by the time we got to Final Jeopardy, I had a big runaway. And Alex said, Bob, Doug, you guys must feel like you just ran into a buzzsaw <laughs> by way of making them feel better, which I'm yeah. not sure if that actually accomplished what he was trying to do. But uh, that's where that came from. Wow, very cool. Um, now, was hosting Jeopardy ever something that was in a, a possibility? I know Ken had, had guest hosted, and my by Alec, and after sadly Alex Trebek uh, left us, um, what, was that ever on your radar? Uh, I would have loved to do it, uh, but the uh, regime that was in place at Jeopardy uh, at the time apparently did not agree. Okay. Well, hey, you got the chase, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, hey, yeah, not bad. Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, Jesse, Morgan, got, got got anything for Brad? Oh, yes. Well, since I'm a former contestant myself, I see I was on Will Fortune by my name tag. I see. <laughs> what are some of your favorite game shows aside from the two you've been on? Oh, what okay. are your favorites? Uh, this one, like it's, you know, Jeopardy is all and the chase, you know, known as sort of highbrow shows. But uh, my all time favorite game shows were from back in the 80s when I used to watch a lot of them when I was a kid. And one was Press Your Luck. Uh, yes. No whammy, no whammy, uh, no whammy, yeah. stop. Uh, the original yes. with Peter Tamarkin. And uh, I I would have I loved to go on Supermarket Sweep, just like grabbing those yeah. amps and mm -hmm. giant jars of coffee off the shelves and just throwing them in the, in the cart. That Wasn't the point of that show to get as much stuff in your basket as you could that would get the highest price tag? And that's how right, you won. Yeah. That's why everybody went with the coffee, because like the five pound, you know, yeah. jar of coffee cost like 20 bucks back in the yeah. 80s. And, and then Toys R Us did the same thing where they just did it with a toy, yeah. the toy, yeah. toy store. Like, oh, just go to the video game section. You, you'll win instantly. <laughs> you'll win there. Perfectly. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Are there any uh, games? shows that 
were in the past, but you'd love to see come back today? Oh, um, you know, actually, it, and it's sort of tainted from the scandal that was associated with it. But uh, like yeah. the whole concept of like the isolation booth and stuff like that came from a show called 21, which mm. it turned out was Ray. Oh, yeah. Remember <laughs> that? And I think NBC brought it back for a while um, for maybe a season a few years ago. But it was uh, in comp- it was it followed after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Right, back in that, you know, when Millionaire blew up and all all of a sudden game shows were cool on Five Time <clears throat> and yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh I always thought that was a cool concept where you could uh, you know, decide whether well, I'll go for the nine point question, which is obviously gonna be harder than the one point question and then sure. go back and forth and you know, who gets to twenty one first. Um, while the other guy is sweating in the other uh in the other booth. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So you you alluded to improv. So uh, you're getting a little bit of the acting bug, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, we talk about that. Varying degrees of success. You know, I've been in yes. a bunch of, uh, shorts and stuff like that. There's, are you SAG-AFTRA? I am. Yes. Uh, Welcome to yeah. the club. <laughs> and uh, Union Strong. And uh, yes, uh, uh, I one thing I've never had any success with, and I was uh, I, I was dismayed to, to to some extent to see Buzzy on that Super Bowl commercial uh, with Lindsay Lohan. I texted him and I was like, "Dude, I've been I for commercials for ten years, and I can barely get a call back, and here you are in a Super Bowl commercial. Like, I hate you." <laughs> Wasn't that a wasn't that a Planet Fitness commercial or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Planet Fitness. That's right. Yeah, Planet Fitness. But uh, yeah, somehow. sometimes I, I get the feeling that Lindsay Lohan does not go to Planet Fitness. Uh, well, no. you know, it's, it's gonna get I'm getting a vibe of that. It's Hollywood. It's the land of make believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to do a lot of like uh, roasting uh, as as a chaser. You kind of have to neg neg the uh, the contestants a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite part. I, it's not as fun as uh, as roasting the other chasers, which is the the the, the most fun part of the of the. Right. <laughs> you do roast each other, I but think. yeah, and uh, my specialty sort of in the chaser lounge, which is another uh, innovation we've uh, done with the American show, which they don't have on the international versions, is uh, yeah. I generally uh, critique the contestants' fashion choices, and it will not surprise oh. you to uh, find out that the women all look great. But uh, a lot of the men needs leave something to be desired. <laughs> oh wow! Who needs the most help out of the of the other three? Uh, well, we all have wardrobes, so like, you know, if you watch James on Jeopardy, like he's wearing a sweater. I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, I okay. mean, you know, it's <laughs> put a tie on. Come on. <laughs> I was reading your Wikipedia. You went to Hopkins, but you did not finish. And a yes. lot of us here are at DMV. Um, uh, tell us behind that. I mean, go, go. I mean, it's the ultimate story of the successful college dropout, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, well, school and I have never gotten along fantastically well, you know, it's wild to hear that. Yeah. Like, well, trivia intelligence and school intelligence are only loosely correlated. You know, it's like the way my brain works is like, I'll come across something that I'm when I'm doing something I enjoy, like reading or watching documentaries or something like that, and it'll stick in my brain. And part of the reason it sticks is because I enjoyed discovering it, which, you know, I can memorize stuff, too. But uh, it's a lot harder with, you know, like uh, French vocabulary. Like I I was pretty good at French in high school. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like uh, I'm going down the list of, you know, all the 
words at breakfast was not the my favorite thing to do. So I would have a little more um, a little more trouble remembering that kind of thing. So uh, the way it worked out was, uh, you know, I was I was in college. I was like, ah, it's just what you do. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I, I vaguely had a plan to go to law school later on, but wasn't really excited about that because that's three more years of school. And I actually have a mm-hmm. friend from high school who's a lawyer and he always tells me I'd be a great lawyer. And I tell him, well, look, first of all, it's getting through three, three more years of school. And even if I could do that, <laughs> there's no way I could spend three months with like no uh, deadlines or schedule, just studying for the bar and then passing the bar. I'd be cramming like the night before. So th- th- there's oh, yeah, no I, way have, I have a friend that's actually studying for the bar right now, and she hates it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> she hates it. it it's, it's a like lot. A full, it's like a full time job that you have to make yourself yeah. go to, and yeah, uh, yeah that uh, you don't really get paid for. Exactly. It's yeah, it's, it's, look, it's it's no and fun. And you work a, to- a job on top of it. Right. Oh, great. So I decided to take a year off, and uh, in that year, I went on Jeopardy and won five games and got invited back to the Tournament of Champions, and then maybe a year after that, got got invited to the Million Dollar Masters Tournament, where I ended up winning a million dollars. So I was like, "Uh, do I really need to go back to school? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Most of the stuff we learned in high school and college, did we actually still use it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I can't remember the last time I used algebra. Yeah. You know what would have <laughs> been great? Never, you know yeah. what would have been great? If they'd actually taught me, taught me how to do my own taxes, that'd be really great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be nice. Actually, no, in the chase, they had a trigonometry question. What's the opposite of sine? Oh, yeah, I'm glad oh. I didn't get that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it cosine? No, I, I, I think it's cosine. cosine. Cotangent, cotangent. Cotangent, yeah. okay. So, so I guess give, this, is, give, this is this is triggering me for my math. Gordon's <laughs> <It's like, laughs> not a math person. So no. We, so you uh, mentioned the the trigonometry you're afraid of. Uh, obviously, the girl groups not your strong suit. What other, what other topics challenge you? Uh. Uh, I I wouldn't be thrilled to see an opera category like I, I know the big ones, but uh, you, you can yeah. get any kind of depth on that. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to do too well. Uh, I think I'm good at art, but I'm actually not. So you know, I'm, I'm very <laughs> overconfident with it. Um, but uh, yeah, there, I can't think of anything else I'm really terrible at. It's mostly going back to the old man thing. You know, I really have to make an effort <laughs> to keep up with like the current pop charts and stuff like that because the I, current, I, like, I, the I would have to Cabello's, know. Like, right? <laughs> I didn't know, and that's that, that's what was so frustrating about that is I know who Camila Cabello is. I just didn't know what group. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I, I noticed that they do a lot of slang on, uh, I think some of the questions were like, 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 like modern slang, you know? Yeah. And, and well, you one I was too, very so. lucky to get, uh, being from the Philly area, was uh, there was a question about the word John, which uh, um, I was very happy to see. Uh, remind us of what I was alluding to. It's really just any person, Anything. place, or thing. Like, uh, pass me <laughs> that, John. Or, uh, man, I had a good time at that, John. <laughs> I always thought that was weird, but I... Oh, it yeah. is weird. <laughs> well, Brad, since you've um, been on Jeopardy, you participated in a number of tournaments, that tournaments we have never seen throughout the Jeopardy. Is there a tournament you would love to see happen one day on the show, and would you compete in that tournament? <sighs> That's a good one. I'd compete in basically any tournament that I would qualify for. But uh, like the exciting thing that uh, has been sort of kicking around as an idea 
for a long time was the second chance, you know, losers tournament, which they're actually going to do this year. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I doubt I would qualify for that, but, uh, that's, that's fun. Cause like, especially since, you know, you can, uh, you can go as long as you want now, like, uh, the people who ran into Ken or James in like their 30th game, like that's a tough, tough <laughs> situation. <laughs> you, you know, there's a reason why, uh, the returning champion has a big advantage is just cause they played before. And when you've played like 30 games before and the people, the two people they're bringing in have never played before, you know, something's going to have to go wrong uh, for them to win. So that's kind of cool that uh, some people who maybe had some tough luck are going to get a, another chance. Wow. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for for getting on the show? Obviously, you have to have great credentials, you know, maybe a great career. Maybe you went to Harvard or Yale. But are they looking, also looking for personalities for the contestants? Absolutely. That's my biggest piece of advice yeah. is, uh, you know, what, they give you the test and that's how they figure out whether you know enough to be on the show. And if you pass the test after that, it's an audition for a TV show. Oh, you know, they, okay. they want energy. They want personality. They want people who are going to be able to move around the board without, you know, hemming and hawing about it and, uh, you know, take direction from the contestant coordinators at the audition. They want to know if you can, you know, if you're going to have your wits about you up there, because that's the one thing they can't have is somebody just going deer in the headlights. You know, if, if uh, they don't mind if you lose, uh, but they do mind if you just can't actually play the game once the lights are on. So uh, I always say, be yourself, but more so. It's not like Wheel of Fortune. You don't have to be, you know, jumping up and down when something good happens. <laughs> but, uh, Which I was instructed to do every now exactly. and then. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, different shows, different audiences. Uh, yeah. You don't have you don't have to be uh, super energetic, but uh, yeah, uh, be yourself, but bring as much energy as you can. Yeah, I do really like the aspect of how you can increase your earnings, or you know, to to obviously have a higher risk of the chaser getting you or risking a little lower to have a, a, a bigger space between the chaser and, and the contestant. So I think that's a really, really uh, cool aspect of the show. Yeah. And honestly, you know, uh, everybody's rooting for people to take the bigger offer, but yeah. More, yeah. more times than not, like, I think like people would have gotten away with it. And uh, even we gave away a bunch of money this season, but it, it could have been a lot more. Um, because I can't think of really, uh, you know, uh, I caught a couple people taking the high offer, but uh, you know, it, it, I probably would have caught him anyway, if even with that extra step. So it, I think if you, if you think you have a good chance, you might as well go for the high offer. Like, uh, yeah. you know, how many uh, have been successful with the high offer so far? Oh, Maybe four or five over the four two seasons. Four or five over two yeah. seasons. Well, because in the first season, nobody took the high offer. I think maybe one person did. Okay. And and, and they ended up getting back with it. Wow. Uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, there's something psychologically too where you know if you feel like the people don't do the, we'll, we'll go back to the math here. But when if you actually do do the math, um, the high offer only really has to be about three and a half, maybe four times the middle offer to make it worth your while. And, uh, you know, it's almost always that, and people still almost never take it. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe four people uh, in the two seasons have, have uh, won with the high offer. Um, what about celebrities <laughs> as, as contestants? Is that going to be something that will be explored? 
Uh, I'm sure that'll happen at some point. Like, which uh, celebrities would you love to just chase after? <laughs> well, I got to keep it in the ABC family because you know that's what they would do. So, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Everyone from Marvel. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's a pretty big family too with Disney. That's it's it's a big deal. Uh, yeah, everyone from Marvel. That would be kind of cool. They, they maybe they could get their own you know chaser nicknames as contestants. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't like uh, maybe the, the the Monday Night Football announcers or something or uh, ESPN. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That'd be interesting. What are your favorite fandoms? Now you brought up Marvel, Jess. Uh, when when you said Marvel, Jesse. Um, <laughs> What are your favorite um, um, fandoms, Brad? I'm a big sports guy, actually, which is you okay. know, not uh, <laughs> everybody here has said that their yeah. weak point is sports. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're the only except, people except for WWE. WWE, I <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> is that really a sport, though? It's, oh, like, it's more like performance art more than anything but else. It, it that it's definitely wrestling's definitely a sport. Those guys are amazing because yeah. to be able to do that without yeah, actually hurting each other is right. really hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm from the Philly area, like I mentioned. And, uh, so I was cursed with Philly sports fandom from a young age. And, uh, I, I sort of wish I wasn't into it at, at this point, but, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing I could do about it now. Well, I was more alluded to the geek, the geeky side, like, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, yeah, uh, I'm... Marvel, DC, uh, an, an, yeah, an, another Game thing, Harry, Harry Potter. That might surprise Game people is I'm I'm not too into any of the geek culture stuff. Interesting, because uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot uh, of questions, I, like a Tatooine question. Yeah, uh, like, I know Tunisia. There's a Tatooine in Tunisia, and I saw that on the show. Right, like I'll I'll, I'll see the Star Wars movies. I'm not camping out, you know. The okay. Before. Um, but, <laughs> but I was I was a big Star Wars fan when I was a kid. Okay, uh, yeah, what else was I into back then? Yeah, I was, big, I was into Marvel Comics when I was a kid. Like, I was into all of it when I was a kid, and then right. I started playing sports in high school, and somehow it all just went away. Okay. <laughs> but you got to know it for the chaser, for those occasional Tunisia, Star yeah. Wars, Tatooine questions, right? right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and I knew that from when I was a kid, actually, because I, uh, yeah, I was really into it. I used to get, yeah. the, uh, like, the fan newsletter for uh, Star Wars when I was, you know, seven eight years old so yeah I, remember, I actually remember reading uh something about like the location scout who found that place in tunisia or something like that so that that's how weirdly my brain works is something i read about in the star wars fan newsletter when i was eight will still be up there somewhere when i'm in my 40s wow did that kid at eight years old think that you would be on the chase and a jeopardy champion Oh, God, no. Uh, although uh, I did watch Jeopardy with my parents every night because uh, that's sort of how I got into it. Was through That's that. how it was. Yes. Yeah, because they, uh, you know, they're baby boomers yeah. and they had uh, watched the Art Fleming version of, the, of Jeopardy back on daytime back in the 60s. So yes. when they brought it back with Alex uh, at nighttime, they started watching it. And then by the time I was in high school, I pretty much was knowing most of the answers. So I thought, well, I should probably try to get on Jeopardy sometime. Um, but if uh, you would have told me it would turn into this, I would have said you were crazy. And when you first won your huge prize money, what did you do with it? Your first Jeopardy uh, prize money? I bought a pickup truck. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> nice. There you yeah. Go. Uh, Toyota Tacoma. Because, uh, you know, I was still living in Pennsylvania at the time. And, you know, okay. you get snow and I needed something with four wheels. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. And you, you can... Now you're in Los Angeles, right? So 
Yep. Now, uh, no, no reason for any kind of four wheel drive. Right. <laughs> I. I I wonder about like you'll I live in LA and I see like Ferraris and Lambos all the time and right. I'm like so I get that you don't have to drive in snow in LA but there right. is a little thing we call traffic and you know you oh, you have yeah. a car that can go 180 miles an hour but you're never going to drive it faster than about 45 no <laughs> right <laughs> I also getting wow. in and out of parking garages is a bit of a pain in the ass because there's yeah. always that dip it always yep. wrecks the front bumper yeah, right. absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a BMW and it, and it does that, you know, it's, right. yeah, it's, uh, so I can't imagine what a Ferrari does. Awesome. Wow. Anybody with some closing closing questions? Uh, I was wondering, could we possibly do like a little trivia thing? Everybody ask one question, see if we can. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I knew it there today. No, this is unfair because we've already been talking about what my week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, what are the five names of the Spice Girls? I okay. was literally going to ask him. Are you going to ask him that? But I was just. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure I can redeem myself. Uh, from the TLC thing. Let's uh, hear it. This. So uh, you want their real names or their nicknames? The spice, no. they're, they're Baby Spice. Oh, I gave you one. Uh, okay, spice so, names. So there's, <laughs> Those there's, names. Uh, there's Baby Spice, Scary Spice, Posh Spice, Sporty Spice, and Ginger Spice. Nice. Oh. All right. Good. Question two. Who wants to throw it out? All right. Alex. <laughs> Talking about cars, in what year was the Chevrolet Corvette introduced? Ooh, okay. So it's going to be late 50s, early 60s. I'm going to say 1961. More than eight years. It was 53. 53, really? Yeah, okay. Wow. Early 50s. Mm-hmm. Early 50s, yeah. All right. All right. Jesse or Morgan, next question. You took mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give you a, I'll give you a second to think. I'll, I'm I'll thinking. Um. Oh, I got it. History question. Uh, what was the name of the first African samurai and who did he serve under during his time in Japan? Oh, I heard this. <laughs> but I don't remember. I've never heard this. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I give up. Uh, his name was Yasuke. He was a six foot five black man, and he served under Oda Nobunaga. Okay. Yeah, he was uh, the first African samurai. Morgan, I know you get those uh, girl group questions. I, I know you could throw out another pop pop one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold. Uh, Your girl Brittany. I know you love what, her. I was gonna say that, but but I'm now that you said pop group. Um, what? girl group was lead singer Nicole Scherzinger in? Oh, the Pussycat Dolls. Okay. Nice. nice. There you go. <laughs> All right, there you go. Good. Two that's a good one. Hey, two for two. And you answered the, 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 the yeah, girl. Yeah, like, that's why it was so frustrating because like I, I generally do do pretty well, especially with the yeah. 90s, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I, I don't know where my brain, my wires got crossed there. Oh, well, Brad, this is amazing. Thank you so much for yeah, being a part of Below you. the Belt show. And before we uh, end the interview, if you could let us know who you do a little promo. Let us know who you are from the chase, all your accolades or whatever, and you're on Below the Belt show. And throw out a little catchphrase or 
buzzsaw at the end or whatever you want at the end. Sure. Uh, hey, I'm Brad Rutter from The Chase and Jeopardy. Uh, you're watching the Below the Belt show. And uh, beware the buzzsaw. Don't come near me if you're <laughs> trying to uh, do any kind of trivia show off thing, because uh, I'll cut you right in half. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Love it. And of course, we got to do a nice uh, snapshot on the count of three. One, two, three, and awesome. Cute. Brad, thank you so much. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Great you too. This was fun. Thanks, was, Brad. Was a lot of fun. Thank, thank you. you so much, Brad. Have Bye. a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, that was awesome. Brad Rudder from The Chase, and we did our own trivia for him. There you go. He was yeah. really Whose idea nice. was that? That was brilliant. Whose idea was that? That was mine. <laughs> Thank you. It was really That's, nice. That was, was great. Funny. That was such a great idea, yeah. Jesse. I'm glad you thought of that. That was brilliant. <laughs> you got two out of two, you got two out of four. You got half of them. There you yeah, go. yeah. And he yeah. got the pop the the girl. <laughs> <laughs> the ones he said he could never get. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he got both of them right. He probably went home and like studied. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, guys, this wraps up an incredible BTV episode once again. I'd like awesome. to thank, of course, um, our special guest, Brad Rutter, but of course, the amazing panel that we've assembled, starting with She Is Your Grace Morgan. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Hardcore Bloodshot, Jesse Fresco. And you can see him on the other podcast, Jesse. Uh, film right. Rescue Shows, Split the Difference, Two Whatever's Way Up, and there's going to be more coming down the line at some point. Nice. And so. Dean awesome. Rogers, Dean on the scene, where we can see everything. Dean? We are at the Rogers Review. Review spelled R-E-V-U-E dot com. Like us on um, Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Rogers Review. Check us out on YouTube. And this week, we are filled with interviews. In fact, two interviews have been posted. Um, one from another member of our team. And we have an interview tomorrow with... Noah Abers Katz from Star Trek Discovery talking about a short nice. film. And then Farpoint 2022 is coming out next week. Very awesome. cool. Dean, well, thank you so much for joining us. So um, I'd like to uh, end tonight's show with a second classic cut with Screaming Trees. We lost, uh, sadly, the lead singer. And this is their hit song from the movie Singles called Nearly Lost You to conclude uh, tonight's Below the Belt show. So on behalf of everybody here, we'll see you guys next week. Until then, peace. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.